We are hosting today's broadcast from the lands of the Karingai people. We acknowledge the traditional custodians of country and recognise their continuing connection to land, waters and culture. We pay our respects to their elders past, present and emerging. Maybe. Maybe. Patrick Catlett finds one at 80. What a putt. And it's all over. It's a famous, famous victory for Wolverhampton Wanderers. It's victory at Molyneux for Wolves against Manchester City. Going to begin their two-time championship defence. That's seven in a row now for the Kings against the Hawks. That rarest of days, Tottenham beat Liverpool. Tottenham 2, Liverpool 1. The Magpies and their massive army are going to win a record equaling 16th flag. How sweet it is. Collingwood win the grand final. And now, overnight scores, expert comment and controversy on the Big Sports Breakfast Weekend. Good morning, everyone. Yes, Collingwood winning an epic grand final yesterday against Brisbane. 12 18 90, the Magpies defeat the Lions 13 8 86. It will go down as one of the all time great AFL grand final uh, matches. I think uh, co host Dean Ritchie. We're looking forward to something similar this afternoon or this evening at Acor Stadium. The Penrith Panthers taking on the Brisbane Broncos in what should be a classic. Good morning, Dino. Yeah, good morning, Ray. Uh, good morning, everybody. Yeah, terrific AFL grand final. Loved every minute of it. But that's just the appetizer, Ray boy. <laughs> the real main event is this afternoon or tonight, I should say, mm. at 7.30. What an epic game we are facing to contrasting styles. The mm. relentless machine against the brash kids from up north. Let it unfold, Ray. I think potentially if they play to their best, it will be one of the all-time great grand finals. And last night watching a few the old grand final replays on Fox, there wasn't much else to watch. Uh, although I did, I should say the Sydney Kings did have a good win to get their um, NBL title defence off to a winning start. Um, the NBL starting this weekend. The Kings 96 defeat Illawarra Hawks 81. We'll give you all those results a little bit later. Um, Dino, as you mentioned, this could be a, 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 an enthralling contest tonight because... Quite rightly, as you pointed, the two teams with contrasting styles. Penrith going, as we know, it's been well documented for their three-peat and potentially becoming the first team since Parramatta to win three in a row. A lot of the Brisbane Broncos players have not been to a GF, have not even played at a core stadium. Does that make any difference, Dino? I don't think so, Ray. I think in the moment you get caught up in the emotion and uh, I don't think... What's happened in the past will have a significant impact. It's all about the 80 minutes tonight, Ray. It's all about can Nathan Cleary step up to the plate again, real uh, Reese Walsh, ignite mm. our core stadium. Can Adam Reynolds, the most experienced man there, who's played nearly 100 games there for his bunnies, can he guide him around the field? It's got all the hallmarks of being a ripper. Albeit, Ray, it is going to be a stinker mm. in Sydney today. 36 degrees, and it could be still well over 30 degrees by the time kickoff comes, and the NRL will look at the possibility of uh, an unprecedented situation where they might even break the game up into 20 minute quarters. They're doing that for NRL WGF aren't and they? having drinks yeah. breaks. They certainly are, Ray. 10 months of work, Ray, 204 NRL games. It all goes on the line tonight. Mm. Just a quick bit of housekeeping, Ray. The gates open at 1 o'clock. 
Uh, at 1.20, we've got the state championship grand final. That's the Brisbane uh, Tigers against South Sydney. 3.55, the NRLW, Newcastle versus the Gold Coast. 6.30 is the NRL pregame show. And at 7.30, we have blast off. 7.30 kickoff, is it? The Broncos. Okay. Um, about 4 o'clock will be the hottest part of the day. It'll be about 35 degrees in. By kickoff, um, 7.30, be cooling down about 28. So that's not too bad. Do you know that one of the things that fascinates me is just the individual clashes. Um, Edwards and Walsh, the two fullbacks, two elite players. You've got you've mentioned Cleary and Reynolds. The battle of the number sevens will go a long way to determining this game. The front row battle, Leota and Fisher-Harris against Flegler and Payne-Haas, that's, that's tremendous stuff. The back rowers of both teams, Sorensen, Martin, Yo, Capel, Ricky, Carrigan. The centres, Targo and Crichton up against Staggs and Farnworth. Right across the board, Dean, the individual clashes are just going to be compelling, aren't they? Yeah, the Broncos have got firepower all over the park, mm. right? They can sting you from anywhere. But, of course, we know Penrith's uh, structures. We know that they find that beautiful rhythm, mm. and nothing seems to get in their way. Opposition sides are almost, at times, I feel powerless to stop the Panthers' machine ray. But as you say, up front, Payne Haas against James Fisher-Harris. It'll be fierce in the middle there tonight, Ray, and, gee, it's going to be a tough game. Let's just hope, and I don't want to be a negative Nelly, but Adam G has got his first grand finals referee. Yep. Let's wish him all the best. Mm. Let's hope the best side wins. We don't want any controversy and I think Adam G. He, he deserved is that appointment. Didn't yeah, he, Dino? he's yeah. in form, mate. He deserves his crack tonight, yeah. uh, and he will get it. Dino, they've clashed twice this year. Way back in round one, would you believe this? At Penrith, Penrith lost 12 points, Brisbane 13. Way back in round one. And then in round 11, uh, the Panthers went to Brisbane and beat them 15 points to four. Both low-scoring games, but as you point out, Brisbane and their strike, they can score at will at any time. They were relentless last week against the Warriors. Some of that their football in the first half was just unbelievable, the Broncos. But the Panthers' defence, I think they've averaged 13 points all season. That defensive structure, as you talk about, Dino, is incredible. One of the best, if not the best, in the modern era. So, one heck of a contest, this. What do you call a punter mm-hmm. who jumps off at the last minute? Um, silly. Silly. You, well, you, you just got to go. You got to let it off. ride. Tip Penrith for the last few months. Yeah. I've jumped off. Why? Now tell me why. Oh, I just watched Brisbane last week, Mm. Ray, and their agility and their size and their power and their speed. And yes, it was against the Warriors, who obviously aren't in the same category as Penrith. But for some reason, I looked at the Broncos and I just thought, you know what? I don't think I can tip against them. So it's probably foolish and I'll be made look silly yet again, but... At the last minute, Ray, I've jumped off the favourite. Fair enough, no. And I just look at that Brisbane side. They look like they've got a lot of points in them. But better minds than mine, Ray, and better brains in terms of rugby league intellect, think Penrith can win and win well. Well, just go back to last weekend's prelims, and you mentioned that the Broncos win. They were incredible, 42-12 against the Warriors. But just the previous night, Panthers 38, Storm 4. Yeah, both have blitzed to their opponents during the finals. It's been chalk and cheese, mm. isn't it? They're out on their own in terms of uh, September success. Um, Adam Reynolds is going to be the key, Ray. Mm. The fact, he, as I mentioned before, he's played so many games on a core stadium. And, of course, he did miss out uh, on beating Penrith in a grand final 
in uh, 2021. With South, yeah. With South. So obviously that'll be just in the back of his mind, no doubt. You won't get that moment back again, Ray, but it would be nice to get a little bit of redemption against a team that bowled over your dreams but a few few short years ago. Here's the latest odds, Dino. Penrith are $1.62 favourites. Brisbane are two thirty. The line's three and a half. Should they be that far apart? I don't think they should be. $1.62, head to head. Panthers faves. I, I, I agree with that, but I think they should be closer than that head in it's essentially a two-horse race against the red-hot Broncos. Yeah, I thought Brisbane might have been a bit tighter than that, Ray. Yeah. $1.62, that is very short against a red-hot Brisbane side. Exactly. NRLW game, Newcastle $1.50 head-to-head against the Gold Coast two sixty. they They're the fairy tale team, aren't they? The Gold Coast. Wooden Spooners to the grand final. And, and uh, that should be a classic. That's kicking off at 4.05. Sorry, Dino. I've caught you on the hop oh, there. Oh, that's right, mate. I did a piece on that NRLW grand final during yeah. the week. Uh, Steph Hancock, yeah, the daughter of Rowan Hancock, yeah. the old Australian rugby league kangaroo. She's playing in this game off the bench. She's 41. How good is that? 41 years old and she's Read still running story. around. Fantastic. Terrific story. Yeah. Uh, that NRLW game, Ray, just for the record, uh, 3.55. Terrific. Kicking yeah. off. And that is the warmest part of the day. So as you said earlier, Dino, I think NRL have made provisions for them to have that drinks break Every 20 minutes or every 15 minutes? Yeah, there might be extra eskies and and water tubs on the sideline, additional bags of ice, etc. Water carriers, additional there as well for uh, hydration, slushy machines in the dressing rooms, so on, so on. It's generally the protocols we go through early every year when uh, the game kicks off in March. Exactly, yeah. A little bit later on in the show, dinner after 9 o'clock, we'll get... Uh, two legends of both clubs on to talk about the grand final. Master Monkey said, please drop the GF. It's very pup talk. Does pup say that, does he? Michael Clark. GF. Uh, yeah, fair enough, Master okay. Monkey. Yeah, okay. I'll try and remember. Nitpicking there a bit, champion. No, it's okay. Everyone's entitled an opinion. We've got Greg um, Alexander, Brandy from the Panthers, an absolute club stalwart and legend and club director. He'll be on just after 9 o'clock. And then Chris Johns, uh, a Broncos legend. Gee, he was a good centre, Chris Johns, wasn't he, in, in his prime. He'll come on as well to talk up both their clubs. And, and I saw you out and about. Was it... Um, on Facebook, you're posting some pictures. Was it Friday night? Friday. You bumped into Brad Clyde we had and a Steve Walters. And yeah, all the boys were out and about. Yeah. How'd you go? Good. Had a few. Did you? Had a few. But yeah. it was home early. I'm talking about you, not weird. about you personally. I don't like to talk about those things, Ray. Private matters. Because you rang me Saturday morning. and you know, Yesterday morning, I was quite surprised. You you were up and Bright about. And bubbly. You, you were. No, nah, it was a good day on the harbour. You we might be back in form, year. my friend. I'm back, baby, You're right before the grand form. final. <laughs> what about this, Ray? During the week, I did my top 20 Panthers of all time. Mm. Caused a lot of controversy. That's okay. That's and good. look, I won't go through the entire list, but I did put Nathan Cleary at number one, mm-hmm. which caused let's, a lot of let's angst. Let's go through your top five again. Well, I'll do my top 10, Ray. I had yeah, Nathan 10, Cleary. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I put Greg Alexander at two, followed by Brad Fittler, Roy Simmons, Isaiah Yo, John Cartwright, Mark Geyer, Craig Gower. James Fisher-Harris, Ryan Girdler, mm. in order. Is Nathan Cleary better than Greg Alexander? Yeah. Has he gone past Brandy? We'll ask Brandy later on in the show. Mm. Should Freddie be higher than number three? It's a fascinating argument, Ray. Yeah. Who is the greatest Panther? If Nathan wins this afternoon and he secures his own individual three-peat, surely you would think he'd have to be right up there, if not already number one. And we're talking about a guy who's 25. He's got, got another got decade ahead to go. Of him. Yeah. You've seen the Panthers from the start. Yeah. I'll put you on the spot. It's probably an unfair question. Yep. Would you still have Brandy at one? Gee, probably, but 
if, yeah, Cleary's just... He, he will finish as the greatest Panther. Can I put it that way? Is that fair enough? I'm not trying to sit on the fence, but right now, if you said who's the greatest Panther, I'd say Greg Alexander. But Nathan Cleary, his, what he is achieving in the game and what the greats say about him, I, I always like to listen to those who've been there and done that and because there's no greater praise than praise from your peers. And when people like Andrew Johns, etc., say Nathan Cleary potential be the greatest play they've ever seen that is extraordinary stuff and you keep coming back to the fact he's 25 unbelievable Dino he secured three origin series I know a lot of people suggest that he hasn't dominated at origin uh, yet but three from six is not a terrible record in origin Mm -hmm. most of those records are around 50% so interesting times can I talk a little bit about the Broncos a lot of Queensland listeners are probably sitting there and sounding sick you're talking about being Sydney centric but Broncos, to be fair, is a great story as well. And Kevy Walters is a great story because his head was almost on the chopping block at the start of the season. Some people had him down as one of the, the coaches who could lose his job during the course of the season because of their fade out last year. But it was only three years ago that they were picking up wooden spoons at, at Broncos' home ground after the season. Here, here they are in the 2023 season. They were top of the table second all year. Kevy's done an amazing job. I've heard a lot of club legends interviewed in the last week or so leading into the grand final today, and they've all spoken about how Kevy's embraced the history of the Broncos. It's in his DNA. He, he's got the club legends back into the into the the fold, so to speak. Changed the culture of the club to back to how it used to be when he was playing, and they're a happy club. You know, when, when you're winning, you're a happy club. I know that, but the players are enjoying their football. And they're great to watch, aren't they? Yeah, they certainly are. <clears throat> Excuse me. They play a very attractive style of rugby league, uh, right? It's funny on Facebook, uh, as you know, often or every day, it flashes up memories. Yeah. It's yeah. what's been posted in previous years on that day. And it was three years ago, flashed up, that I'd posted up a little gag about the Broncos and wooden spoons. Oh, did it? Oh, and I thought, gee, look, what about that? Just three years ago. There were Broncos yeah. memes going around with the wooden spoon. I remember the guy picking up wooden at spoons at the ground, the poor fellow. They, now yeah, look at them. It's amazing stuff. Yeah. No, he's done a great job, Kev. There's no doubt about that. And we were told about two years ago, Ray, coming out of Red Hill, that you know, we are building this powerful young side. Mm. And whenever you hear a club say that, mate, you always think that um, it's an excuse. We're building a side for the future. Mm. Give us a two or three year plan. It's an excuse for failure that year. But it was right. Yeah, they yeah. were quietly building this powerful young team. And here we are on grand final day, just three years later, mm. and they're in the big dance. See, and to be fair, both sides are relatively young. So you would expect them to remain finals contenders and indeed premiership contenders for the next two, three, four years, wouldn't you? But they're both young young sides, Absolutely. Panthers and Broncos. Now, you would have been at the races yesterday, so yes. you wouldn't have seen all of no. the Collingwood mm. AFL grand final. Mate, I'm I had, not it, bit... had it on the press room right in front of me. So yeah, yeah. Cool. I mean, you know me, Ray. I, I, I respect AFL, yeah. but I'm not a huge fan, but wow. Great that was team. a ripper, yeah. an absolute belter of a grand Actually, final. It became a problem for me because <laughs> it was getting close to the deadline. I kept looking up, up because it was a fantastic game. And there were great storylines there too about fathers and sons playing. And, of course, if you would have noticed at the um, presentation of the AFL Premiership Trophy, up on stage alongside Darcy Moore was his father, Peter Moore, who was a great Collingwood player as well. And Speaks well, Darcy Moore. Oh, he does. He's incredible. Great ambassador. And what about... The story of the coach, Craig McRae, who 
I'm a Carlton supporter, as you know, Dino, and second side, this one's in the GWS because you live here. But And normally Carlton supporters detest Collingwood, but it's hard not to like them because their coach is a likeable fellow. You mentioned Darcy Moore. He, he speaks so well. All the players are very accommodating and seem to enjoy their footy. He wakes up and he gets a phone call at 5.45 yesterday morning from his wife. You better get to the hospital. I'm in labour. So he's ducked up to the hospital and they've had a, a beautiful little baby girl on grand final morning. I think they called her Maggie, I think. If I'm wrong, I apologise. And then he's left the hospital about midday and to go to the ground and forgotten his shoes or something. It was a fascinating story. But he walked in, he told the boys, see, the first thing he did was tell the boys I had a baby, and he, he, he mucked up, he said, I had a baby boy. Oh, no, I didn't, I had a baby girl. <laughs> so he, he's at sixes and sevens, but what, what, what a, a day. day. What a day for him. <laughs> that lead changed 11 times. Just 11 times, was it? Wow. And at the end of the game, they worked out that Collingwood had won their three finals games mm. by seven points, one point. And four points. They're masters 12 of the close points finish. decided three finals games. Incredible. And that says 16th flag. Bobby Hill was the Norm Smith medalist. Who's your tip for Norm Smith? Uh, for the Clive Church with a day. Oh, gee, Ray, put him on the spot. It's generally one of the halves. Mm. Yeah, clearly, if Brisbane, Ring, if you uh, in- Reynolds would be close or Cleary. Now, Ray Boy, we had a big day at Royal Randwick yesterday. We, we did. Can we go through some of the details? We had Epsom Day, three group ones. Uh, take us through what caught your eye. Yeah, it, it was an historic day in in many ways yesterday, Dino. First and foremost, congratulations to, to Gay Waterhouse and Adrian Bott. Four winners on a, a big day like that, in two, including two Group 1s. They won the Flight States with Tropical Squall, ridden by Adam Hieronymus. And they also won the Metropolitan with Just Fine, ridden by Rachel King. And just prior to the Metropolitan was the Epsom. And Redina gave Chris Waller a stable Quinella, beating Cova Lika to win the Epsom. Redina was ridden by Cathy O'Hara and... Went through the record books yesterday, a couple of boys and I, and we couldn't find another instance in Australian racing when female jockeys had won two group ones on the same program. So it was quite an historic day. Earlier in the day, we had the first two two-year-olds races of the year. And um, in the Jim Crack Stakes, Manal for Michael Friedman won. Great comeback story for Tommy Berry. His first Saturday back at the races, here he is winning a group three. Got quite emotional post-race, but... Really good to see Tom back. And, of course, Tom and Michael Friedman, they teamed up to win the Golden Sipper with Stay Inside a couple of years ago. So a great start there. Then the Breeders' Plate, and it was Waterhouse and Bot training the trifecta there, Espionage beating Straight Charge and Prost. I can't recall that happening in a two-year-old race before um, of a Breeders' Plate or a Jim Crack. So really well done. The other fascinating race yesterday, Dino, was the Premier Stakes. And this Everest, there's drama aplenty, isn't there? Um, we, last week we had the race morning scratching of Giga Kick. Oh, that was the news early morning on Saturday morning that he was out of the Everest um, last week. And then yesterday um, at about 1.30 news came through that Marzu was out of the Premier Stakes, which is a vital lead-up for him into the Everest in two weeks' time. So um, that's thrown Marzu's Everest prep into disarray, I'll say that word. The hopeful Team Snowden are trialling him on Tuesday in a red-hot trial at Rose Hill. If they can get him to that trial, he's back on track. But think about it. Showed why he's the Everest favourite. His eighth consecutive win, Dino, winning the Premier Stakes, but he just hung on. Hawaii 5-0, a monstrous run to run second. He's vaulted into the mix now, and there's I think a chance of a deal being done very shortly with him. Bella Nipotina, she's always thereabouts. If she got a slot, 
I think she'd run a good race. An alcohol-free ran fourth. And we'll talk to Adrian about a little bit later. He's adamant there's further improvement to come from her. And I think she might get you long spot after all. So it's fascinating, Dino. And half the battle is getting the horse to the race fit and ready to go, isn't it? And as you say, we'll have Adrian Bott and Joe Pride will join us yep. later in the show. Now, Ray, tell me. Tell me. Mm -hmm. Look me in the eye and be honest. Mm -hmm. Australia will beat Portugal in the <laughs> Rugby Union World Cup, won't they? You'd like to hope so, wouldn't you, Dino? You're not saying it with any conviction, Ray. Oh, Tell me. Look, they should win. Now, suddenly the door's left slightly ajar Slightly. To Australia to advance the quarterfinal. I don't know how, but slightly ajar. They've got to beat Portugal, but beat them convincingly and get a bonus point. And then... They've got to rely on Portugal in their final group game, beating Fiji, which is unlikely. But the bottom line is Australia have to beat Portugal tomorrow morning and get that bonus point to have any chance of advancing as to what has been a, what's been a disaster, hasn't it, this World Cup? It would be almost, and I don't say this being anti-Australian, but it would almost be an injustice if Australia did make it, let's be mm. honest. Mm. Based on form and what we've produced, we really don't deserve to be there, do no, we? 100%. Even though I'd like to see the Wallabies go through, yeah. if you're taking your heart away and thinking with your head, they don't deserve to be there. Exactly. Um, there's also a massive um, fight on today, the super middleweight title between Canelo Alvarez versus Jamel Charlo. This is the first time I understand, Dino, in boxing history that two men have met that have got each have got all four belts. Alvarez is the undisputed super middleweight champion. Charlo is the undisputed junior middleweight champion. So the first time ever we've had two undisputed champions with all four belts clashing uh, for the super middleweight title. I think this will be the fight of the year, Dino. Yeah, it should be an absolute ripper, Ray. I think that's being beamed in from Vegas yeah, about 11 a.m. That's, that's the start of the... Of the card. I what think what so. times um, well, Canelo and Charlo? If it's coming in at 11, you'd think one-ish, one, one, okay. one thirty sometimes. I see Charlo had a, a dig at Timmy Zoo, yeah. mocking him, calling him Tim, Tim. Tazoo, yeah. and called him a paper champion. Because the chance Zoo could fight one of these, Correct. the winner of this fight, you know. So Correct. it is a massive, massive fight. Hey, Dino, last week, was it was it Hatchie? Hatchy was in the jacuzzi, yeah, drinking it, beers at eight in the morning. Great, <laughs> Hatchy, where are he's, you? He's my hero. Are you having a can? <laughs> anyway, it did get us thinking. You know, when is the appropriate time to crack the can for the first one on first grand beer final on day. grand final day? And I reckon Ray, grand final day is a bit like Christmas day. All mate, rules are out the door. You mate, can have one yeah, when you want. Yeah, there's no rules. If you did it during the week, you'd think that you're just a total boozer. What's, what's the oldest you've ever started? Oh, don't ask me those. Oh, ones, mate, you've right. been working most grand. Oh, when oh, I was young, yeah. we used to go through the whole night. What do you do Christmas Day? Um, Christmas Day, I'm not too bad these days. Okay, but it's generally. What's your record then? Put it that way. Oh, probably ten. I had one at breakfast once, and I just shook my head. <laughs> I just with my up in Queensland with my cousins up there, and I said, "Oh, you have a beer at breakfast." It's like half past six in the morning. I'm going. What you am got I doing? to. I love that. <laughs> so if kickoffs at seven thirty. Yeah. Strategically, mm. the barbie goes on at what? 4.30? Yeah, yeah. A beer with the barbecue. Oh, that's that's a given. Remember my old man used to tip the beer onto the old hot yeah, plate yeah, in the old yeah, days? Yeah. That, that's how you'd scrape the, the muck off it. Yeah. It, it worked well. Put, <laughs> it didn't put too much on, mind you. <laughs> well, that's... So, okay. And also, it's a double-barrel talk topic today. Great grand final moment. So, when's the appropriate time to okay. have the first beer and great grand final moments? I'll go 4.30. 4.30. That gives okay. you a nice... It's a late start. 
that's that's three hours for kickoff. Any okay. longer, and you won't know who's won. Okay. Yeah. And great grand final <laughs> moments. There's a million Ray, but you know what? I'm actually know Beaver quite well, Steve Menzies, mm. and when he came back on and scored that famous try in 2008, yeah, that, against, that warmed the, the storm. Cockles. Against the storm. That yeah. was the 40 nil game. Yeah. So I'll go 4:30 and Beaver. Okay. You? Oh, well, I'll go midday at lunchtime. But you just got to lunch. Gotta, are you serious? Yeah. You just got to. <laughs> Be cool or not. Mate, you wouldn't make kickoff if you started oh, no. seven and a half hours. Pace before. yourself. Actually, I probably won't today. I'll probably go for a run first or something. So it might be about. Oh, that, that's okay then, is it? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> It'll probably be about one o'clock. Well, Ray, I'm going to go lift some weights and then I'm going to start drinking at 10 in the morning <laughs> based on your theory. Maybe, okay, I'll rephrase it. Maybe two o'clock. Is that, that's is that better. better. Okay, two o'clock. And great grandfather. There's so many to pick from, but I was watching a replay last night when I got home of the 1991 grand final. And I remember. We, where I was that day, and that was the Penrith versus Canberra grand final, which was an incredible second half. You know, Penrith were just camped on the Raiders' try line and could have scored four or five times, but the Raiders' defence was amazing. But then finally, the Panthers got in front, 13-12, Brandy field goal, and then it was a short um, uh, dropout, and Guy came sprinting, took the ball on the first bounce, passed it to Royce. Royce's over in the corner, Gary Belcher hanging off his jumper. I remember I think my life was complete when Panthers finally won their first grand final. That's our talk topic today. When is it okay to have your first beer and great grand final moments? Call us on 135353, SMS 0419 767272. Listen to Dino and Ray, it's grand final day. Skipped breakfast, laughed at this text. Could Eddie Jones get the New South Wales job? <laughs> well, Loz has ruled himself out. Well, yes, well hang on. Yeah. I know I know heard what he yeah. said, but I also know this about him. If they come knocking hard enough, he's not going to apply for the job. Respect, nor should he. He's earned the right to not reply. If they knock hard enough, mate, I reckon that door is still a tiny bit ajar. And yes, I'm speaking for you. The Big Sports Breakfast, weekdays from 5.30 on Sky Sports Radio and Radio Tab. Introducing the Car Sales Car of the Year, the all-electric Kia EV6. With up to 528 kilometres of range, the Kia EV6 is leading the charge. And with its ultra-fast charging technology, you can charge from 10 to 80% in as little as 18 minutes. The Kia EV6, Car Sales Car of the Year, Find out more at kia.com.au or drop in to your nearest Kia dealer. Kia, movement that inspires. Sports report. First up this morning, big news for our national sport, cricket. Cricket? Sorry, but our national sport is not cricket. Yeah, it's Aussie rules. No, it's rugby league. No, cricket was played first. Soccer's played the most. No, but the best. We serve more than we We ski almost as much as cricket. Sport is our sport, and it's all better on the Tab app. Tab. We're on. You win some, you lose more. For free and confidential support, visit gamblinghelponline.org.au. Be trackside at Rosehill Gardens for another thrilling Sydney Everest Carnival Day of group racing featuring the $2 million Hill Stakes. Revel in a dazzling kaleidoscope of fun, food and fashion. Hill Stakes Day, October 7 at Rosehill Gardens. Book now at theracers.com.au. The Australian Women's Health Diary, packed with expert health advice, important to every woman. Plus, every diary sold supports breast cancer research. Just $19.99 from newsagents, Woolworths and participating post offices and online at womenshealthdiary.com.au. It's plenty of 
It's in. Oh, my gosh. This is unbelievable, isn't it? What a shot from John Rahm. What a time to do it as well as he turns the screw. On Sky Sports Radio and Radio Tab, this is the Big Sports Breakfast Weekend. And welcome back to the show. That's the Ryder Cup Europe just overnight, you know, end of day two. Ten and a half points lead the USA, five and a half points. Of course, Europe have to get essentially to 14 and a half points to regain the Ryder Cup. The USA get 14 points to retain it. But Europe are dominating there, Dino. A couple of funny texts have come yeah. through, Ray. There's some funny people out there. Tommy texts in, morning, lads. The drinks have started already. <laughs> Had a wedding last night. Few hours sleep and back into it. Jeez, Tommy. It's a long way. Long framing time. a market, what would he be paying to make kickoff? Well, it's 7.35 here. Is Tommy New South Wales? It's good. I don't know where he if is. If he's Queensland, it's 6.35. I don't know. He knows where he is. <laughs> Big effort, Tom. Long way to go. <laughs> uh, now, here's one from Brett from Richmond. Back when the grand final was at 3 o'clock, beers were straight after breakfast. And Shane from Butterham says, Ray, may I suggest that you will have your first beer today when Tanya says it's okay. Oh. No she, no, she never worries about that. No. Hey, Ray, what about this one? I don't know why people bother texting in sometimes, but it's a strange one. I know you've been ordered, and there's no name on this, by Andrew Abdo to talk up the women's game, but give it a miss. There's more interest in the State Cup, the future of the league, and it uh, should be a curtain raiser. Will you grow a set? I don't understand the ordered text. Ordered by Andrew Abdo. Oh. Andrew Abdo well, has no jurisdiction things. over this show. No, zero. He's never asked. And, and yeah. it's not his company. He and normally, do it. normally we get criticised for, for not, not doing enough. The we've only game. just mentioned it quickly, and we've mentioned the kickoff time. Yeah. So and I don't know where you get this from. So when is the state championship? It's South versus Brisbane Tigers. When's that kickoff, Dino? So uh, Ray, you keep throwing on these the, questions on the hop. We've got a couple of callers here. I think it's one twenty. I think um, uh, one twenty. Correct. Yeah. Okay. So look, we'll go straight to our race replays and. Dulcify Stakes. One of the four big race winners for Gay Waterhouse and Adrian Bott. Gambier. He's tough. And Noisy Boy turns the corner in front from Raff Attack with gas in the tank. Then Gambare. Pushy starting to run on. Two lengths away to Tom Kitten and Port Lockroy. Up the rise, Gambare. Raff Attack go to the front. Pushy's in hot pursuit. Tom's labouring a little bit. Port Lockroy needs room behind them. It's Gambare and Pushy fighting it out. Gambare the inside of Pushy. Tom Kitten tries to get into it. Gambare strong though and Gambare wins the dulcify. Beat Pushy. Tom Kitten third. Followed by Raff Attack. Four. Too tough, Gambare. On then to the next race, which was the first of the group ones. It's the flight stakes, and it was Gay Wardhouse and Adrian Bott again with Tropical Squall all the way. Tropical Squall up the rise, extends the lead to two and a half now. On Tis Invincible, flat to the boards. Kamachi's racing through, trying to get into second. Tutar Levita and Captain Amelia running on on the outside. Tropical Squall's got a great kick though. Kamachi goes to second, giving chase. Tropical Squall, two in front, a length in front. Tropical Squall clings on, led all the way in the flight stakes. Beat Kamachi, photo for third, Tutar Levita. And what out Molly Nickers? Poor old Kamachi, another second for her, but gee, she's a game. Philly Tropical Squall all the way. Good, tough win. On to the Premier Stakes. This is a horse who's forgotten how to lose. Think about it.
Lost and running, really looking to bounce back today. Let around the corner from Zapateo Athelric. Think about it, travels well. Clipping and tying off a rails run and getting it pretty quickly now. Alcohol free and restricted room. And Hawaii 5-0 is running on really well down the outside. Think about it, went up the inside to join Zapateo. Hawaii 5-0 wide out. And then Bella Nepotina running on. It's Think About It all out. Hawaii 5-0. Think about it. Hawaii 5-0 lunges. Oh, close here. Did the favourite hang on? Think about it. Maybe a nose to Hawaii 5-0. Bella Nipotina third. Followed by alcohol free. As well. He did hang on. Think about it for the uh, a narrow win over Hawaii 5-0. We'll talk to the trainer with Think About It, Joe Pride, very shortly. And Adrian Bott, who trains Hawaii 5-0 in the next hour or so and just see where they're at with a slot. But think about it, certainly showed why he is the Everest favourite. That was eight wins in a row. On to the tab Epsom. Redina for Cathy O'Hara and Chris Waller. Hoping your heart being scrubbed up by Williams, trying to get into it as they come around the home corner now. And Golden Mile comes back on Nugget. Golden Mile a length and a half on Nugget, followed by Williamsburg. Redina getting a gap. Further back to Kovalika, working into the clear. Hoping your heart coming down the outside together with Mo Ibram, but Golden Mile has a good lead. Inside the 150, Golden Mile two in front. Redina, Democracy Manifest charging home. Golden Mile in front from Redina. Kovalika wide out. Redina, Redina just wanted a take from Kovalika, Golden Mile. Then came Barbie's Fox, Democracy Manifest, the inevitable. Yeah, it was a great finish. And those famous Randwick Miles, you know, invariably produced tremendous races. And Cathy O'Hara hangs on with Redina to win the Epsom. On then to the final group one of the day, the Metropolitan, just fine. The hottest favourite in Metropolitan history. It just gets there. Military mission wide out. The favourite's out now. Spirit Ridge in front. And here's Just Fine going to it quickly. And Just Fine moves up on the outside of Spirit Ridge. And they're well clear from the rest. Just Fine and Spirit Ridge inside the 200 metres. And a real good stash here. Spirit Ridge showing plenty of fight. Rachel King driving hard on Just Fine. The favourite ahead in front. Just Fine. Spirit Ridge really trying to come back. Just Fine. A brave Metropolitan win. Wanted ahead to Spirit Ridge. They gap the rest. Carla Paul third. By... Yeah, tremendous finish, but just fine. Edges out Spirit Ridge, runs 2.26.11. Incredible time by a horse who has hit the ground running literally in Australian racing, and congratulations to Rachel King. A couple of callers here, Dino. I think uh, Des is on the line. Des, good morning. Good morning, boys. Happy Rugby League Grand Final Day. Can't Thank wait you, for 7.30, Des. How are you going to spend the, the whole day waiting for kickoff, mate? Well, I'm actually I'm working at the moment, but I'll finish at two, so I'll be able to get home and, and watch it. Yep. Um, Bulldog, I've accused you of this before. I think you're suffering distemper again, changing your tip. <laughs> yeah, I uh, know, Des. I'm, I'm, I'm going to regret it. I've got no doubt. But you know what? You can no, only go with what your head says, mate. No, no 100%. Well, the reason I'm saying it is I've got no doubt that Brisbane's the best attacking team in the comp by a long way. The problem is they're now going to come up against a side that just won't stop tackling. Correct. And it's going to be such a rising grade. It'll be like winning a maiden at Gilgander and then having your next start down the Strait of Flemington in the new market. Mm. Ray will understand that analogy. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, it's a good call, Des. So. And Des, just finally, um, when's it okay to have your first beer? Oh, well, I think, I think in, in the modern thing, as soon as that game starts between the two teams, the interstate challenge. The state, the state champ, yeah. State championship. Um, I mean, look, as far as I'm concerned, 
what you said before, all bets are off on grand final day. You can have to get what you want. And, and my, my favourite grand final moment, yep. I know it's probably boring, but I still can't ever get out of my head when Steve Jackson scored that try mm. in extra time for the when Canberra beat um, Balmain, yeah. Balmain. Because Canberra, Balmain were a fantastic team and had a 12-2 lead, and you wouldn't think it's possible they could come back. And as a matter of fact, one of the biggest highlights in that game that should never go unnoticed was the great Laurie Daly, who I love so much. He's the one who threw the overhead pass to Chicka Ferguson, who was probably 45 and said he was 35, come racing in on that angle and scored the try, and that's how they got to extra time. So it was a fantastic game. Yeah, it was an epic, wasn't it, Des? You've got a bit of support here. Steve from Rudy Hill says, uh, Des Bulldog, you're kidding yourself. Penrith's defence will frustrate the Broncos into error. Penrith by 13-plus. Exactly, yeah. A great call, Des. Dave's on the line. David, good morning. Gentlemen, how are we? Terrific. David, what do you got for us, mate? Uh, my weekend's been fantastic. A, a Collingwood supporter living in Brisbane. Can it get oh, any wow. <laughs> You beauty. What a game yesterday, David. What a game. Oh, mate, that, that, you know, you, you talk about the Empson Flows of a final. Mm. I had the blessing of sitting there and watching it with my 13-year-old son, who is as passionate and as mad as I am. Mm. And to have the victory, just to, to stand together doing it, um, and then today, to to hopefully watch our where we grew up in, or I grew up in Penrith. To oh, watch, okay, you're a Penrith uh, boy. Penrith win. Where, where yeah, about, whereabouts I, in Penrith, David? Uh, just outside of the uh, main shopping centre area. Yeah, okay, yep. Yeah, no. Good, good Penrith boy. Good you're, Penrith boy. You're a gay man, Dave. You go live in Brisbane, cheer the, the uh, Lions, and then the Panthers. <laughs> no, no, no. I, I don't support Penrith, but. Oh, okay, yep. Yeah. I'm a, I'm a manly supporter, so it only gets worse. better. <laughs> hey, try, try and live up here with this thing here, eh? <laughs> I can imagine. What's your tip today? Penrith by how many? Uh, 26-24 Penrith. Oh, that'd be a great game, wouldn't it? No. And, and, and gents, uh, well, if I may say respectfully, I, I know you mentioned um, I, um, Nathan Cleary and, and Greg Alexander, and, mm. you know, Brandy for me, it was just the poetry in motion when he had the ball in hand. Mm. Oh, oh, you talk about Brad Fittler, I think he's probably more in a class of a Roosters. Um, yeah, it's a tough one. Than yeah. a Penrith. He, he didn't really stand up to people. And I watched a lot of it from the Izzard days and Royce days. I actually put them ahead, way ahead of Brad Fittler. Yeah, it's funny you say that, Dave, because when I did the top uh, 20, uh, I did put Freddie at three, but he's played 100 games more. For the Sydney the Roosters. Roosters yeah. He'll always be indelibly linked to the Panthers. That's where he came through. Yep. That's where he debuted. That's where he won the That's 91 17, grand final. Wasn't he? 17, he debuted. Yeah, it was a semi final. Ron Willie bought yeah. him in the, in the semi in 89. And he held his own. Certainly did. Yeah. Wonderful player. What a player. Better take a quick break. Listen to Dino and Ray in the big sports breakfast weekend. The only place to catch the very best equine superstars from around the globe. First time, every time, is right here. Live and exclusive across the Sky Racing Network. A rare racing chance to buy the iconic standardbred property Bidgey Ribbon, the home of the famous Brooklyn Lodge Stud. Minutes from Bathurst on 610 hectares with water rights. Auction day, October 26th. For full details, contact Nutrien Harcourts. Be trackside at Rose Hill Gardens for another thrilling Sydney Everest Carnival Day of group racing featuring the $2 million Hill Stakes. Revel in a dazzling kaleidoscope of fun, food and fashion. Hill Stakes Day, October 7 at Rose Hill Gardens. Book now at theracers.com.au. 
Looking to take the next step in your career? Marcus Oldham's Advanced Diploma of Equine Business Management gives you the skills for a rewarding career in the equine industry. Open up unique opportunities across the world in racing, bloodstock, stud management, breeding, horse health and marketing. There are even pathways to higher academic study. Visit marcusoldham.vic.edu.au forward slash equine to discover why our students have such impressive employment prospects and love this course so much. Sports Report. First up this morning, big news for our national sport, cricket. Cricket? Sorry, but our national sport is not cricket. Yeah, it's Aussie rules. No, it's rugby league. Cricket was played first. Soccer's played the most. No, the the best. We serve more than we swim. We ski almost as much as cricket. Sport is our sport, and it's all better on the Tab app. Tab, we're on. You win some, you lose more. For free and confidential support, visit gamblinghelponline.org.au. The Tab Everest, the world's richest race on turf. $20 million. Royal Randwick, October 14. The Tab Everest. Will you be watching? Think about it, went up the inside to join Zapateo. Hawaii 5-0 wide out, and then Bella Nepatina running on. It's Think About It all out. Hawaii 5-0, think about it. Hawaii 5-0 lunges. Oh, close here. Did the favourite hang on? Think about it. Maybe a nose to Hawaii 5-0. Bella Nepatina third. On Sky Sports Radio and Radio Tab, this is the Big Sports Breakfast Weekend. Yeah, think about it. Did hang on to win the Premier Stakes. His trainer, Joe Pride, is on the line. Joe, good morning. Good morning. Hey, Joe, I'll run a few stats past you. 11 starts, 10 wins, one third. Three starts at Randwick, three wins. Four starts at 1,200 metres, four wins. Eight wins in a row. What a horse he is. He's forgotten how to lose, think about it, hasn't he? Yeah, no, that's it. I've got another stat for you, Ray. Yeah, yeah. Uh, of, his, of his last seven wins, five of them have been less than a length. My next point was, I was really interested in the comment that Sam Clipperton made to that very theme. He said he probably, he had to take the run on the inside when it came and it was a terrific ride. But then the horse got in front and thought, he was almost waiting for them. And when Hawaii 5-0 made his surge, he surged again, think about it. Yeah, and that was Nash's comments. He um, he thought he had us covered in that inside that last bit. So he's look. I mean, the obvious thing about this horse is he's a winner. Um, he, he finds a way to win, and he he's found so many different ways to do that. Um, I think the ideal scenario for him is um, a pressure race, a high pressure race. He 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 fell into winner race at Rose Hill there um, earlier on in his career that, in a yeah. very slow run yeah. race, and Back a lot of people December, were quite critical. Think, yeah, a lot of people yeah. were quite yeah, it was a lot of people were quite critical of him, and. Um, but I think it was just uh, good horses respond to pressure, as all good athletes do. And if races aren't run fast, then it, it decreases the margins that horses can win by. Um, so I think um, I think a fast run race, which I don't know, are we going to give it the Everest or not? None of us are sure yet. But um, races worth twenty million dollars, you'd like to think that they flow along. Yeah. And if they do, that's his that's his best opportunity. Uh, Joe, I know it's a bit of a cliche, but. But does he only do what he has to do? Because I say that he doesn't put um, fields away and wins by six. But if you've got a horse in front of him, he'll run that down and win by a length. Does he just? Mm. Has he always got something in reserve, so to speak? Or Sam's telling me so. And and, and, and that stat I just gave you before about the five, yeah. the five of his last seven by less than a length. I mean, that, that tells you something. Um, and 
the, the the reality is he has he's still never been overtaken from behind in a race. Incredible. So that that means he's um, he's chasing anything Danny needs to, and then after that, well, it's um, you know, and we don't want him being too casual about all that. He's um, he's going to have horse charging him soon enough, so he's going to have to. Um, yeah. He's he's going to have to. I mean, he he's got great ring craft. I don't I don't doubt that, but. Um, he's, he's quite arrogant about the way he gets it done at times. Exactly. Well, we've also got Private Eye in the Everest. They've won the two major lead-ups. Of course, Private Eye won the shorts. Um, think about it, wins the Premier. You know, I know it's impossible to say who's the better horse, but how important is the Everest Barry draw for both horses? No, no, extremely important. And the way the races run, even more important. Mm. Um, the, the, the Ramwick 1,200 metres or the Ramwick sprint trips are very fair. You can sit out. You can sit out a little bit deep. That, that, that doesn't matter too much. But tempo, I think, will probably decide. There's a good chance of deciding the winner this year. And what Private Eye has it, as has in his favour is fast run or slowly run. He has the best turn of foot. Yeah. Um, and that uh, that that wins you a lot of races. And um, that gives me and because he's been on the big stage before, that gives me great confidence with Private Eye. And um, if I did have to split them, I would I would suggest that Private Eye is the better chance. But I don't underestimate. Think about it because of you know that winning, that winning habit of his. Mm. Uh, Joe, are you trialling Private Eye this week? Yeah, Friday. He'll trial Friday at the Kensington track, and he's had two trials this preparation already, both at the Kensington track over that eight fifty. So it's kind of keeping things familiar for him, um, consistent, and um, he, he he likes. I, I like trialling him eight days out. That's about the right. It's about the right time to give him his last proper gallop. So. Yeah, well, that's Private Eye's program. What about, think about it now, um, two weeks out to the big race, he's had his comeback, run and win in the Premier. What next for him over the next 13, 14 days? Yeah. Not, not a lot. Not a lot, guys. So he, he's just got two weeks to keep him ticking over. And, um, you know, he'll, he'll have a gallop or two in that time and I'll, I'll work that out as I, uh, as I see him progress through the week. Um, but it's just a matter of um, getting that natural improvement from from a run, and uh, I, I had the first good night's sleep I've had in about a month last night. Um, <laughs> it was just a relief to have both horses back, mm. be heading towards racing. So there's still plenty of things that can go wrong, but having both horses heading into the races last start winners, um, and uh, you know they've both got the run under under their belts, so you can see that they've they've come back well, and um, that's a that's a relief for any trainer. Yeah. Joe, tell me, what's the biggest game this afternoon? Is it the NRL Grand Final or is it the state championship with your yeah. beloved bunnies? Yeah, I think I think the state championship. I haven't got much of a line on the, on the Tigers, but um, uh, I'd, I'd be assuming it's South Sydney. Are they favoured to win that game? Yeah, they are. $1.20, Brisbane Tigers oh, wow. are $4.50 head-to-head. The line's 12 and a half, Joe. Okay, yeah, no, I didn't get to watch them the other day, uh, the game against North Sydney, but I'll, uh, I'll, I'll definitely watch them. And I'm meant to be going down to Vondi to do some shopping with the girls today. I don't have to. Can you be a scratching sure, for that oh, one, Joe? Geez, I don't know. I have to come up with something creative. <laughs> I know they're not listening to this show, so I'll, uh, I'll come up with something creative. And what about the GF itself? Grand final, as Master Monkey told me to say. The grand final between the Panthers and the Broncos. What, what do you think, Joe? Yeah, look, I, I actually live in the Penrith district at Mount Vernon. So, I, and unlike our, our premier, Chris Minns, I think I should be going yeah, to the local product. What about that? <laughs> <laughs> it's a strange a great way to make yourself popular, yeah, isn't it? Exactly. Uh, anyway, and they normally do things to make themselves pretty popular, these politicians, but it was a bit of a surprise, that one. It's a bad call. <laughs> I've seen you at um, Penrith Panthers a couple of times, Joe, and Osso's. The filet mignon's unbeatable, isn't it? I don't think I've tried this. Is oh. that with is that with the filet mignon? Isn't that with the oysters in it? No, no, got the the bacon no. bacon wrapped around it. Oh, the bacon wrapped it around it. Yeah, what's, what's that one with oysters? I don't like oysters. 
Texas. Well, yeah, no, no, that don't carpet, worry. carpet bag or something. Ooh, something. Ooh. Yeah, don't even worry about that. Put a, <laughs> put a line through that one. Phil, I mean, not at all. So, I don't think I've tried that one. I'll have to give it a go. <laughs> yeah, okay. Hey, Joe, congratulations, both those sprinters, as you said. Now, in form and straight into the um, Everest. Best of luck over the next two weeks, and best of luck to your bunnies this afternoon. The state championships as well. Great. Thanks very much, guys. Thanks, Joe. There's Joe Pride, and what a job he's done with those two sprinters. Richie Cowan was on the line. Rich, good morning. Good morning, Ray. Good morning, Bulldog. What about the great Joe Pride? Try to pretend that he's one of us people, us battlers. Oh, Ray, I don't know what a Philo Mignon is. Please, Joe, you have it most nights. <laughs> it's just bacon with your steak. It's fantastic. And you can't, it's unbeatable at Osso's, I tell you. That's a great comment from you. It's just bacon with your steak. <laughs> That's all it is. Philo Mignon's a funny name for it. You don't worry about it. But, uh, uh, hey, God love you, Ray Rich, um, we saw some tremendous racing yesterday. Firstly, on the Premier Stakes, think about it. Uh, he's just a winner, as Joe Pride said. Hawaii 5-0, Bell Nipotina alcohol-free, second, third and fourth. It wouldn't be surprised if two or three of those end up in the Everest, Rich. Yeah, 100%. I think what Joe said's right. You've said it many times, Ray. Winners are winners. The others have got to look for excuses and think about it. I've got no doubt he's a better horse um, sitting fourth, fifth and getting to the outside and hunting them down. Mm. He showed his versatility yesterday. Yeah, I thought Hawaii 5-0 might have had him. Look, when the, as the track dried out throughout the day, it was very, very hard to make up ground. Till we got to the last race and they broke uh, the speed barrier yeah. and, and then the horses were able to run on. But it was an advantage to be somewhere near the inside, up on top of the speed yesterday. But think about it, showed his versatility that he can show. He can sit closer. He can also sit back. I still remember first up last preparation when he sat at the back and just charged down the middle and beat them. So his versatility and his want to win is something you can't train into a horse. It's just mm. it's just the mental stability in the horse. Like a human, winners win, and that's what he does. Yeah, it's quite amazing. And what a day for, in terms of historic achievements in so many ways. Firstly, Gay Waterhouse and Adrian Bott, four big race wins, including two Group 1s. Chris Waller trains an Epsom Quinella, Redina and Kovalika. Rodina's ridden by Cathy O'Hara. And then very next race, 40 minutes later, Rachel King wins a Metrop on just fine. And I'm sure it's the first time it's ever happened in Australian racing that two female jockeys have won group ones on the same day, Rich. Yeah, look, as I think we've said it many times, not often, not many sports that women compete with men mm. on equal terms, yet they do in horse racing. Uh, Gay, we know, is a legend. I'm more excited for uh, just for Adrian to see him blossom. What he does now is, as nice a young man, I say young man, I'm not that old, Rich. Uh, he's <laughs> as good a bloke as you know, Adrian. He's, he's always fella, yeah. willing to help promote, and uh, I love seeing him successful. Rachel King was good. Interesting whether Just Fine is really a mile and a half or a two-mile horse. I thought with the 50 kilos the run he had, I, uh, I thought he'd win a little bit easier. Yeah. And look, I was so excited for Kathy O'Hara and, and Charlie Duckworth. And to have their baby there yesterday at the races, Kathy and and Charlie, it was just a special day for the family. It was funny afterwards, I asked Chris Waller. Come on, Ray, you're supposed to say, Richard, what do you mean their baby? <laughs> yeah, yeah well, of course, yeah, I know. Well, it's now with, um, <laughs> sorry, I, I was assuming everyone knew that, so I apologise. Nature Strip <laughs> was um, leading out the Premier Stakes field yesterday, and of course, Cathy O'Hara and Charlie Duckworth now look after the champ at their property just outside of Sydney, and which is fantastic. A quick one, Rich, I, I asked Chris Waller, well, how often does... Kathy O'Hara ride track work for you and he said I dare not ask her because the woman works so hard and she does doesn't she she rides 
probably seven days a week almost sometimes, Richard. Most meetings in and around Sydney at the provincials and some country meetings. So she just hasn't got time for track work. She's on the road all the time, but a, a deserved Group 1 win for her. Yeah, I think she just wants to stay away. Uh, sorry, hold on a second. Jess, I'm just, I love an Asahi. Yeah, if you want. Um, look, she rides terrific, Kathy. It's not quite 8 o'clock, Rich. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my daughter just said, would you like one of Dean Ritchie's drinks? A shandy or a breezer? I said, no, no I'll have a full strength. I'll have the belt, wasn't it? I've been very drive. quiet, too, just sitting here listening to you, admiring your words, <laughs> and you give me a little kidney punch. <laughs> no, great to see Kathy yesterday, yeah. And look, the ride on Redina or Redina in the Bill Ritchie was a gem, and the ride yesterday was another absolute peach of a ride as well yesterday. And uh, my old man always rings me straight away and goes, I tell you, Muggs, that Kathy Rides as good as these blokes. <laughs> I can imagine Kenny, yeah. Hey, Rich, I saw Waterford was scratched from the Epsom yesterday. I assume all is well? Yeah, according to uh, Chris, um, I, I think everything's A-OK. I, uh, look, it's, it's a long spring uh, ahead, and... Um, there's a big race next week, the Alan Brown, and uh, they've got the five diamonds. So uh, I think Chris spoke to the majority of the owners and just uh, I think they, they come to the consensus that they'd wait a week. And I think the quick backup, he just wasn't 100% with the very much the heat yesterday. So And the way the track body played, uh, I think it was probably a master stroke anyway. But I don't think he was 100% yesterday, Dean, but he's 100% uh, going forward. So... Um, uh, now he's all right, Waterford, but uh, we've got some incredible racing coming up. And, of course, we'll get to watch Ray this week. Tell us who's going to take the last few slots in the Everest. Uh, I wonder if he'll be Espiona yeah. or be there. Hey, Rich, yeah, just a real so quick tip here. of the uh, league grand final. Look, I think Penrith have got to score, say, 26 points or 28. Uh, sorry, Brisbane have got to score that many to win because Penrith will score that against them. And I don't think the Broncos can score that many against the Penrith defence. Fair enough. It's going to be a great game. Hey, Rich, enjoy your long weekend. Enjoy the grand final today. And 8 o'clock, it's an early start, Rich. It certainly is, I know, but it's second to say, right? Uh, and <laughs> it's off the, the fly. Newcastle, Newcastle in the women's will win by 13-plus. And if I can send one cheerio, Ray, yep. Gary Colvin, great trainer from Wagga, his beautiful daughter Gabby had a, did an ACL about 15, 16 months ago and showed the greatest amount of courage and kicker and she returned on Thursday night down there playing for the Melbourne Demons and the Fantastic. absolutely smashed yeah. Geelong Cats. So well done to Gary's daughter. A little bit of ticker in the ladies' AFL. She came back from a bad injury. Love it, yeah. Hey, good on you, Rich. Enjoy your grand final and long weekend. We'll talk next Sunday. Thanks, Rich. Yeah, boys, have a great day and enjoy your shandies. <laughs> Here's Richie Cowan, a 10 years in studio. Tan, good morning with the scratchings. Morning, morning all. Just looking at New South Wales scratchings at Cootamundra and Ballina as the Sunshine Coast, because of daylight savings, are not yet final. Let's start with Cootamundra. The weather is fine. The track, a good three. The rail is true. And there are 14 scratchings from race one. Take out four, Fianceto, number four. Race two is clear from race three, number four, our kinsman and ten, Bell Bop, four and ten. Race four, number six, Grand Sassy, take out number six. From race five, number three, Greaves, nine, Loud and eleven, Allen, three, nine and eleven. Race six, number one, Flying Sultan, six, Hasty Duchess and eleven, Add Milk, one, six and eleven. Race seven, take out two, Reuben Bleu. Five, Classy Joe and 12, Rupertson, two, five and 12. And from race eight, number 12, Fifi Girl, number 12 from race eight at Cootamundra. 
Ballina, the weather is fine. The track are good for the rail true and 22 scratchings. Race one, take out one, Duma. Nine, War Service and 10, Who's in Winnie? One, nine and 10. Race two, number four, La Shawnee. And five, Tiger Tood. Four and five. Race three, number two, Mar Dragon. Three, Miss Sheaf. Five, Shark of Sphere. Six, Sure to Happen. Seven, Tectonic Plate. 10, Rustic Czar, 11, Bright Blonde, Emergencies, 18, 19, and 20, 2, 3, 5, 6, 7, 10, 11, 18, 19, and 20. Out of race 5, as race 4 is clear, race 5, number 10, Self Worth, number 10, race 6, take out 1, Maple Door, 2, Heroic Miss, 5, Affinity Flyer, and 8, Doyle. One, two, five, and eight. And race seven, number two, Spiel. And 14, Fior the Tiger. Two and 14 from race seven at Ballina. Thanks so much, Tam. We're running a touch late. Here's the news. Hello, I'm Sarah Warmby. Many early voting centres for the Voice to Parliament referendum open this week. Shannon Morris has the details. Hundreds of early voting centres will open across Australia this week for the Voice to Parliament referendum. If you live in Victoria, Tasmania, West Australia or the Northern Territory, you'll be able to vote from tomorrow. While those in New South Wales, Queensland, South Australia and the ACT, you'll need to wait until Tuesday. Polling places are located on the Australian Electoral Commission website. However, there's some concerns already. Voters in Melbourne's CBD will have to travel to have their say. The AEC says it's had difficulty leasing a suitable building at short notice. But if you prefer to vote on the actual day, it's Saturday, October 14. Shannon Morris, Air News. A total fire ban is in force across much of New South Wales today. Susie Thompson reports. Emergency services in New South Wales say bushfires could start quickly and spread rapidly with hot, dry and windy conditions forecast. Total fire bans are in place across much of the state, including the Central Ranges, Far South Coast, Greater Hunter, Monero Alpine, Northwestern, Northern Slopes, Southern Ranges and the Upper Central West Plains. While fire conditions are listed as extreme in Greater Sydney on top of the total fire ban that's in place here. Temperatures are forecast to rise into the mid to high 30s from the Victorian border all the way up to the New South Wales northwest. Emergency services are telling people to have their fire plans in place and to be careful during any activities in the great outdoors. More than 100,000 people packed the MCG to watch Collingwood claim the 2023 AFL Grand Final. It's a Grand Final that had Absolutely everything! Collingwood are the 2023 AFL Premiers! And Magpies coach Craig McRae had a double celebration with the Pies win. The coach sharing with the crowd the birth of his child on the morning of the match. Today was already the best day of my life because my wife gave birth to a little girl this morning at 7.45. Meanwhile, NRL fever is alive in Brisbane with the Broncos making their first grand final appearance in seven years. Two live sites have been set up at the Broncos Leagues Club and Treasury Casino for those who were unable to head south for the game. An independent senator says he won't be supporting the federal government's proposed crackdown on the spread of misinformation. David Pocock has told nine newspapers the draft laws failed to strike the right balance 
difference between misinformation and freedom of expression. A 14-year-old boy has undergone 18 hours of surgery after being assaulted in North Melbourne. Police believe the altercation occurred between a group of males who later fled the scene. His mother recalls the chilling phone call and says her son may never be able to use his hand again. He called me and he said, Mom, I'm downstairs in the ambulance. My hand got cut off. And emergency services in Tasmania, including the police and surf life-saving emergency response teams, will get together today for a marine search and rescue exercise south of Hobart in the area of Storm Bay and the South Arm Jetty. This is Air News. In AFL, Collingwood has claimed its 16th premiership after defeating Brisbane in a heart-stopping final. The Pies scored two goals in the final five minutes to take the victory 90-86. to Skipper Darcy Moore accepting the premiership cup from his dad paid tribute to all those who have contributed to their ultimate success. I want to give a special shout-out to all of the past players of the Collingwood Football Club, so every person who's pulled on the black and white stripes over our history. It is not lost on us, the 23 that run out here today and every week that we represent you and we represent your years of dedication and hard work. Broncos coach Kevin Walters says they won't be shocked if they stun the Panthers in the NRL Grand Final tonight. This is despite most of his players having no finals experience. Walters says his men won't be overawed by the situation. We haven't played finals, but we've got lots of origin players in our team. We've got international players. You know, Herbie has played international football for England, so they're not no strangers to the big stage or the big arena. Um, so that's what gives me great confidence. Meantime, the Knights take on the Titans in the NRLW Decider this afternoon. And in MotoGP, Aussie Jack Miller starts from third on the grid at today's Japanese Grand Prix behind Francesco Bagnaia in second. Jorge Martin is on pole. Australian Independent Radio News. Sports First up this morning, big news for our national sport, cricket. Cricket? The... Sorry, but our national sport what? is not cricket. Yeah, it's Aussie rules. No, it's rugby no, league. cricket was played first. Soccer's played the most. Football's probably no, played the best. Well, the world would argue yeah. swimming. We serve more than we, we swim. We ski almost no, as much no, as cricket. cricket. Sport is our sport, and it's all better on the Tab app. Tab, we're on. You win some, you lose more. For free and confidential support, visit gamblinghelponline.org.au. Be trackside at Rosehill Gardens for another thrilling Sydney Everest Carnival Day of group racing featuring the $2 million Hill Stakes. Revel in a dazzling kaleidoscope of fun, food and fashion. Hill Stakes Day, October 7 at Rosehill Gardens. Book now at theracers.com.au. Experience a remarkable week of racing in one of the world's great cities, Hong Kong, with the Big Sports Breakfast Team. Leaving December 5, you'll be transported to Happy Valley with racing under lights for the World Jockeys Challenge. Plus, head to Sha Tin for the four Group 1s and the World Turf Championships. And when not at the race course, you can shop, harbour cruise or just relax. Join the Big Sports Breakfast in Hong Kong. Myself, Dave Stanley and Laurie Daly. For more information, go to ambassadortravel.com.au. Traffic on the Big Sports Breakfast. The world's greatest landmarks are now on sale with up to 50% off thanks to Princess Cruises. Visit princess.com to learn more. Princess. 
Come feel the love. In Preston's emergency roadworks have an offbound lane taken out on the M7 approaching Currajong Road. Sydney Olympic Park, the NRL Grand Final at a core stadium from 1pm today. Expect delays on the M4, Homebush Bay Drive and Lankove Road. And a good run westbound on the M5 through Reesby. Freedom's mid-season sale is now on. Save up to 25% off selected sofas, living and dining furniture. Hurry, sale ends Monday, only at Freedom. I'm Thomas Reeve, number one in racing on Sky Sports Radio. On the big sports breakfast, interstate weather. And we'll start with Sydney today for the grand final. Becoming windy but mostly sunny, heading for a top of 36 degrees today. It'll be about 28 degrees. By kickoff at 7.30. Melbourne today, wind easing, partly cloudy, top of 22. Brisbane, lovely sunny Sunday and 27 degrees. Over in Perth, a shower too, becoming windy, top of 21. Adelaide, cloud clearing and 21 degrees. Hobart, shower too, becoming windy, top of 20. Darwin, sunny and 34. And windy in Canberra, sunny day and a top of 29. Maybe, maybe. Going to begin their two-time championship defence. That's seven in a row now for the Kings against the Hawks. That rarest of days. Tottenham beat Liverpool. Tottenham two, Liverpool one. The Magpies and their massive army are going to win a record equaling 16th flag. How sweet it is. Collingwood win the grand final. On Sky Sports Radio and Radio Tab. The Big Sports Breakfast Weekend. And welcome back to the show with Dino and Ray. Big second hour coming up, just repeating Collingwood 12-18-90, defeated Brisbane Lions 13-8-86 in what was an all-time classic AFL grand final. Hoping for the same tonight when the Penrith Panthers take on the Brisbane Broncos in the NRL decider. Very shortly, Peter Peters will join us. Adrian Bott a little later in this hour. League Super Quiz, Wayne's let us know. Dino, you've hit the front. Bulldog 17, Ray 16 in the league super quiz. You feel yep. confident today? Uh, I'm not confident just yet, Ray, but yeah, optimistic. Fair enough. Jared Daffy will join us a little later with all the odds for the grand final and indeed all the sports being played around the world. And Phil Moss will also be on the show towards the top of this hour. And he'll talk about Tottenham beating Liverpool 2-1. So Ange Postacoglu still unbeaten as a Premier League coach. Manchester City lost this morning. 2-1 to Wolves, Dino. Big upset. Yeah, I saw that uh, come through overnight. Certainly, Anne's done an extraordinary job. But, yeah, you're right, Ray. Just look to the table. There's one side with zero losses. Unbeaten. That's Spurs. That's that man, Ange Postacoglu. He, he's a winner, isn't he? And our talk topic today is when is it okay to have your first beer on grand final day and also classic or memorable grand final moments. So you can call us on 135353, SMS 0419767272. Our next guest, Peter Peters, played in one of the most extraordinary and memorable grand finals of them all, the 1973 decider between Manly and Cronulla that the Seagulls won, the great Bozo Fulton. Scored two brilliant tries. I think it was 10-7 by memory, Dean. 10 uh, correct. Rick Burke, late Rick Burke, scored a try for the Sharks. Peter Peters is on the line. Zorb, good morning. 50 years ago. Doesn't seem that long, does it, mate? Good morning, Ray. Morning, Bulldog. No, it doesn't. Um, by uh, 
had a 50-year reunion um, on um, yesterday, on Friday, actually, and uh, it was good. Not too many of my old mates around now, but mm. uh, it was a good day anyway. Look, grand final 2023. That controversial starting time for a grand final at 7.30, lots of people want to go to a mid-afternoon, 3 o'clock, 3.30, kick off like they do in the AFL. Um, but that's a blessing that it's 7.30 tonight because just imagine, 3 o'clock, it's going to be 34 degrees. At 4 o'clock, 33. 5 o'clock, the same. 6 o'clock, going down a bit to 32. 29 to 30 degrees for kickoff, and it'll drop 6 degrees by the end of the game. And we've got to take that into account. Um, it, it's going to be a tough grand final to play 80 minutes in the conditions that are going to prevail today. Um, the last time I can remember a close to 35 degree grand final was in 1987, the last grand final at the Sydney Cricket Ground between Manly and Canberra. Now, do Penrith go to the league today and say, can we switch to our alternate strip? I mean, I would hate to be playing in all black today. What do you think, Bulldog? Yeah, it's a really valid point, Zorb. I hadn't thought about that, It'll to be, to be honest. Though, it will be at time, uh, night time. But, yeah, black, as you say, Zorb, does attract heat. And you would think that maybe the, the, the Pink, Pink Panthers might come out. It might keep them. Zorb, if it's one degree cooler, that could make all the difference. It certainly could. Um, and, you know, they do well in their uh, in their Pink Penny Panther uh, outfit. So um, why not? Anyway, it's worth, worth a thought. And um, I'm sure that it's passed through the mind of that great coach um, in Ivan Cleary. Now, will Penrith be the greatest team of the modern era Era if they three-peat today? I've gone right back to the last club that did a three-peat, and that was Parramatta in 81 to 83. Um, I've got no doubt this Penrith side's a better side, although different rules um, prevail in the game today. Um, I think Penrith at their best now, would beat Para at their best then. I think the only other side, really, that comes close to them are Canberra, 87 to 94, that great side with uh, Laurie Daly, Mal Meninga, Brad Clyde, Glenn Lazarus, Ricky Stewart. Um, Gary Belcher. Side, yeah, yeah that, that, that was a great side. But this side, if they can go three in a row and four grand finals in a row, which they've done, then I think they're entitled to... Uh, uh, to be that goat of the modern era side. Zorba, uh, Adam G, first grand final. Jared Sutton, Ashley Klein overlooked. Two more experienced referees. Have or has the NRL made the right call? Yeah, I'd like to applaud um, Jared Maxwell. He hasn't been the boss of the referees for all that long. And I think he went with form. And uh, that's not always been the case with referees. As you know, it's been a very, very much... Um, political group in the referees over many years. But I think to act, first of all, um, the the experience of um, uh, of the referee, Ad, uh, Ashley Klein, and then Jared Sutton, and to then take out the tough judges that missed the most blatant forward pass in probably the last five years in a, in a big game, um, Phil Henderson and Drew Altham, uh, have been dropped, and um, we're going to see two new touch judges in Chris Sutton and David Munro in today's big game. Now, 
Adam G, the referee, people think he's young, but he's had 236 matches before he's got his chance in the big one. So he's earned his chance. He's been very much spot on. I like the way he, he talks to the players. He doesn't talk down to them, but he's very firm when he has to be. And I think um, I think the best referee, the informed referee, has got the big game today. What did you make of the Dally M's, Sub? An absolute disaster. Hard mm. to watch. Didn't it's like it. Too confusing. <laughs> Tell us what you it's, really feel, Sub. <laughs> well, it's too confusing, Ray. They're jumping from the men's to the women's. You don't know which one they're talking about for a while. It was a huge night for Newcastle with the two fullbacks, Caelan Ponger and Tamika Upton, um, winning the Dally M's. But I thought it went on too long. Um, it was bordering on amateurish, I thought. I think the women's games reached a level now, Zorba, where they could probably you know, have their own night. And I'm sure they would want their own night as yeah, well. fair enough. Yeah. I agree. I, I, I think that's the point that I'm, uh, that I'm trying to make. Um, that Yeah, they deserve their own. Um, it just takes away from... One's taking away from the other. Well, it's diluting it's not, each other. Yeah, it's not working, and, and it needs to uh, needs to have a massive change. It's, it's too long. If you watched it from the start to the finish, it was never ending. Um, no, I didn't. Uh, I didn't like it at all. Now, Zul, we haven't touched on it uh, on the show just yet, but of course, Brad Fittler stands down mm. uh, during the week. We'll uh, discuss that a little bit with Brandy Alexander later on. He wanted a two-year deal. They offered him a five-month deal, which essentially is a part-time offer. What did you make of the offers, Orb, and what did you make of Freddie standing down? Well, I've been saying all year, and I I like Brad Fittler. He's been a great player, hasn't been such a great coach, but um, he's always been great for the game, put in 100% every time, but he's had his opportunity, uh, and I think the last couple of years he's buried himself. Um, Hasn't been good. Um, and, and I think the way that it's been handled has been poor. Um, it looked like he was going to get the job. Then he didn't get the job because of the period and who he wanted with him. Uh, if he was going to be coach, he was entitled to have the, um, the back room that he wanted. I think it's time for a change, and I don't think there's anything wrong with having a head coach in the NRL to do the job. And they're talking about the dream team at the moment, the former Canberra uh, um, players in Ricky Stewart, and uh, Craig Bellamy, what a team that would be um, if they can afford the time to be away from their side. I, I don't know whether I, that it works or I think they're, they're two real uh, dominating figures, aren't they? Um, Ricky's got a strong will. Bellamy's got a strong will. And they're great mates. Mm. They're mates of 40 years. So there's nothing personal there. I just think their two personalities might not go together, if you know what I mean. I think that's why it would work, because they're great mates. And they can say things that mates can say and um, the other person doesn't take umbrage. That's why I think it would work. I think the team base can be in Canberra, so there's a limited time away from the Canberra side. It gets the side out of Sydney, goes to a regional city, and they deserve some support down there. They would love to have the New South Wales Blues training at their base in Canberra, using their facilities, and, uh, and I think that would eliminate the time factor away from the Canberra Raiders for the coach. I think it could work. Mm. I think they're, they're left with few alternatives. I don't think anybody else that has been thrown up, I think some names have been thrown up simply because they played for New South Wales, but most of them have been abject failures in the coaching division. So um, I'm going to go for Sticky and Billy. I'll Billy tell you one thing though, Zorba, and it's got to be taken into account, is if you accept the job as a club coach and you start the season slowly, 
i.e., you go into Origin and your team is you know three from eight. You're under the pump. That is incredible pressure from the fans and your club's board if your side is struggling. That would be my only concern, Zorb. Yeah, and I think it's a valid point. But, but I think the New South Wales coaching needs a complete overhaul and I just think giving it to somebody that is not a head coach is just taking the easy way out simply because of the criticism that will come, as you've just suggested. No, I think you've got to go with it. I think Ricky's had plenty, plenty of um, tomahawks thrown at him over his career. And if his side's not going well, he'll cop that and get on with the job for the Blues as well. I think having someone like Billy Ake riding shotgun with him, I think would help him out greatly and I think help New South Wales get back. I mean, here we are. Billy Slater has accepted it for another three years. He's unbeaten and he looks like he's just going to grow as a great coach. So it's a major problem. Mm. Hey, so before we get to your tip for the grand final and also uh, the Clive Churchill medal, etc., you do want to say a quick cheerio for a special person's 94th birthday today. Yeah, 94 today, the godfather of rugby league, Ken Arperson, up there on the Gold Coast. Um, 94 today, he's already had his morning swim at Main Beach and he's listening to the program right now. Happy birthday, old mate. See you next week. What a legend. Mm. Kenny Arperson, 94 today, Bulldog. What a great effort. You know what, Zorba? I always found Arco to be the you know, arguably the greatest rugby league official of all time, but he was just a better bloke. Mm. Always caring, he's kind, he's polite, he's courteous, he's generous with his time. He, he is just one of the nicest people you will ever meet in your life. And Zorba, you know that better than anybody. Yes, sure do. And um, I'm sure he's going to uh, enjoy the day today up there on the Gold Coast. And um, I'm sure all our listeners wish him the best today. 94 on Grand Final Day. On your yeah, happy birthday, Arco. Yeah. Hey, so I said to Dino earlier, I think these two teams are too far apart in the latest head-to-head betting. Penrith for $1.62, Brisbane at two thirty. The Lions, three and a half for the Grand Final. Who wins and why? And who wins the Clive Churchill? Well, I've been thinking about this all week and I've, I've swapped and I've changed and I've, I've gone from one to the other. Um, it's so hard to split. We saw one of the greatest grand finals in history in the AFL yesterday. We might just see a back-to-back here um, in this game today because um, these two sides are, without doubt, uh, the best sides in the NRL this year. Um, and they are... When I, when I break it down, I, I think that the Broncos, their biggest asset today is their speed. And speed can be a winner in a, in a grand final as it can in any game. But when I look at Reese Walsh, the Tony Staggs, Herbie Farnworth, Selwyn Cobbo, Ezra Mam, they've got speed all over their back line. And their young forwards will stand up today to this big Penrith ruthless pack of forwards. You won't see Flegler, Hass, Capewell, Jordan Rickey or Carrigan taking a backward step. My big worry with the Broncos is that They've picked four forwards on their interchange bench. I know that Kurt Capewell has played centre before and he'll swap to that position if there's got to be a backline change through an injury. And an injury in a grand final early can spell disaster, particularly if it's the back. Um, Penrith, on the other hand, they're steadier. They have Jack Cogger on the bench. 
keep the slot in and then they'll move other players around, particularly Stephen Crichton, who can play fullback, centre wing. So they don't have a problem that the Broncos have got. Um, I, I agree with you, Ray. I think the TAB betting at the moment, Panthers $1.62, Broncos two thirty is very, very um, uh, advantageous to those wanting to back the Broncos. Mm. And there'll be plenty of people to do that today. I'm reluctant to tip against the Penrith Panthers, but I'm going to go for an upset in the big one today. I'm going to go for the Broncos to win an absolute thriller and to stop Penrith's three-peat. Hurts me to say that because I've thought all year that Penrith were the best side in the competition and would win the grand final. But I think the conditions today, the way the sides are going to be presented, the build-up, Adam Reynolds and Nathan Cleary, they will wipe each other out in terms of leading their sides, guiding them around the park, goal-kicking, general kicking, both masters at it. It's going to be a heck of a grand final. And whichever side wins today, I think the halfback will be the Clive Churchill medal winner presented today by none other than my old mate and what a great 5'8 and player he was talking about that 1987 grand final. Um, Cliffy Lyons mm. uh, will present the medal today. Okay, well, Thanks, you're, you're tipping the Broncos, so therefore I think you're saying Adam Reynolds will get the Clive Churchill. Hey, Zorb, enjoy Grand Final Day. Best of luck tonight, and we'll review it all again next Sunday. Good on you, boys. Thanks, Have mate. a good one and enjoy the big day. And, um, will. Mm. It all starts, um, of course, with that um, early game today. Uh, just for our listeners, one twenty South Sydney and the Brisbane Tigers for the NRL State Championship, three fifty-five for the Women's uh, grand final, Newcastle against the Gold Coast, and then 7.30 kickoff tonight for the big one, Penrith and Brisbane. Can't wait. Yeah, enjoy it, Saul. We'll talk next Sunday. Okay, boys. There's Peter Peters talking all things NRL. Mitch has been waiting patiently. Mitch, good morning. I think Mitch is still there. I'm not sure. He might have gone, but he looks like he has. But no, Mitch is there. Mitch, good morning. Good morning, gentlemen. Thanks for waiting for us, Mitch. How are we going this morning? It's fine grand final morning. Oh, mate, can't wait for the kickoff tonight. How about you, mate? You, you Open your first beer yet? Or what's, a, what's an appropriate time for that first <laughs> that first little beer, mate? I think we lost Mitch again, have we? All things going wrong here on grand final day. Maybe we'll take a, a, a quick break. You're listening to Dino and Ray on the Big Sports Breakfast Weekend. Skipped breakfast. I remember we played a pre-season game and we played in the Albury. So we had the night out and then we stopped at the Edamoga pub on our way out of town. This is heading back to Canberra. We went via Junior Young. <laughs> stopped at Yass. Got home at 10 o'clock and we lost Kenny Nagus for the year with an ACL. <laughs> Mullow for the first 12 weeks. We got back to Canberra we were down three players. Everybody said, well, we checked them after the game. <laughs> The Big Sports Breakfast, weekdays from 5.30 on Sky Sports Radio and Radio Tab. True story. Join Hancock's Racing Number 11 to race seven horses in four states. Shares $1,500, no more to pay. Payment plan at up to five and a share. Call 03-527-49171 for a prospectus. Website, hancocks.com.au. The Tab Everest, the world's richest race on turf. $20 million. Royal Randwick, October 14. The Tab Everest. Will you be watching? 
Pick your favourite Kia from the award-winning Kia Sportage to the street cred delivering Kia Seltos or Kia's most powerful car ever, the all-electric EV6 GT. Book a test drive today to find your chosen one. Find out more at kia.com.au or drop into your nearest Kia dealer. Kia, movement that inspires. Sports report. First up this morning, big news for our national sport, cricket. Cricket. Sorry, but our national sport what? is not cricket. Yeah, it's Aussie rules. No, it's rugby no, league. Cricket was played first. Soccer's played the most. Netball's probably no, played the, the best. Well, the world would argue yeah. swimming. We serve more than we, we swim. We ski almost no, as much as cricket. Sport is our sport, and it's all better on the Tab app. Tab, we're on. You win some, you lose more. For free and confidential support, visit gamblinghelponline.org.au. He wanted to roll it in because Jordan's been putting great. What a big, big three that is. Played the hole fantastically. Three went up the middle. Tommy hits it to 25 feet. Rory rolls it in. On Sky Sports Radio and Radio Tab, this is the Big Sports Breakfast Weekend. And welcome back to the show. Yeah, just repeating, Europe have a uh, big lead in the Ryder Cup going into the final day. Ten and a half points lead the USA, five and a half points. And, of course, the magical number for Europe is 14 and a half to regain the Ryder Cup. Mitch is back. We lost him before. Mitch, good morning. Good morning, gentlemen. Oh, I've got Always you back now. Game to go unrehearsed. <laughs> That's it. What do you got for us, Mitch? Mate, uh, well, uh, actually, funny you should mention that. The uh, drinking on day 56 off the alcohol after a uh, 20-odd oh. year relationship with it. <laughs> Good on you, mate. 56 buckle, days. Mitch. Well done. Oh, uh, not a chance, Bulldog. Not a chance, mate. You know me. I'm that muse from Lake Macquarie. Did so, you play um, last night? I played Friday night at uh, Wanji Caravan Park for Southern Smoke Food Truck. And, uh, <laughs> mate, I played with a 21-year-old girl called Anna Steinman. That's the last name I'll name. I don't want to get blacklisted from Hopsings. <laughs> <laughs> Who wins Good today, you, Mitch? Mate. Oh, mate, I'd love the Broncos to win. Um, and on that, I've got a couple of facts that might back that up. And if you want to back the draw, go back it. Yeah, well, what are your facts, um, Mitch? Yeah. The last, well, obviously, we all know that the last draw and grand final, the Broncos were involved in. What a tragedy. Um, hope um, Ben Hunt's going well with his uh, therapy. Yeah, JT's and, still um, yep. and the previous draw and grand final, there was a young bloke called Kevy Walters come off the bench. Uh, is that right, is it? 89, Canberra. Oh, yeah, he of course. He did too, yeah. Mm. Hashtag right. debt fact. Yeah, yeah, that's right. He did too. Well, I like it, Mitch. Yeah. No, yeah. well, so you're, you're tipping Brisbane and um, I dare say probably Adam Reynolds for the, the Clive Churchill. No, no, case. no. no? I, I believe it's going to go to Paddy Carrigan. I think it's going yeah. to be one in the middle. Fair enough. All right, Mitch. Hey, Mitch, enjoy grand final on, day you, and um, best of luck to your Broncos. Adrian's on the line. Adrian, good morning. There you go, guys. Look, before I talk about the grand final, and then I want to make a comment about rugby, and but. Just on Nathan Cleary, Dean, you've got to cool your jets, mate. Can you can you name me a rep game where he was a standout? Uh, well, he has won three Origin Series. No, so I'm, I'm not suggesting. Hang on, you've asked me a question, then let me answer it. You right asked on. me a question. Okay. He has Go played on. in six series and he's won three. Has he reached the level he has at Penrith? No. Did he, he get a man has. match at one of the Origin games? He, he has, yeah, but it hasn't so. been the disaster many people think. Three from six is not a bad record, albeit... You're right, Adrian. If you're suggesting he hasn't hit his peak, no, he hasn't. 
Yeah, I mean, look, he's a, he's a wonderful footballer. There's every chance he'll get there. But, you know, head-to-head against David Cherry Evans, what, what would it be, like 9-1 or something? And, you know... Well, I think Cherry, Martin, you're right, but, you know, Ches would uh, love, um, Ches would love uh, Nathan's record. But what of? Four straight grand finals. Yeah, I mean, it depends what argument you want. I mean, I, I, I mean, he, I mean, clearly would like not to be, you know, about played, you know, nine out of ten times, and also, you know, like I was, I thought it was wrong that he replaced. Well, I didn't. Okay, they replaced. He replaced Daly at the World Cup, and you thought, well, what's he going to do? And he didn't bring anything new. That was disappointing. I felt sorry for Daly Cherry Evans on that. And, and this year, Daly Cherry Evans. Been outstanding. I thought that was wrong. Don't forget, Adrian. My, my, my top twenty was top twenty Panthers players. So it's for Penrith. It wasn't anything to do with Origin or Australia or oh, playing Jerry for Timbuktu. Yeah. It was purely Penrith's best twenty players. So it's based on when he pulls on that Panthers jersey, not other jerseys. But I probably agree with Ray that at this stage, Greg Alexander. But yeah, definitely Nathan can get there. Mm. And I think. Uh, it should be, you know, toss of the coin, and I agree with that last call. I think Patrick Carrigan will be, will get the Clive Churchill, and maybe the Broncos will just get there. Just on rugby, a couple of things through the week which are really worrying. I mean, I watched that New Zealand schools played uh, Australian schools on Thursday in Canberra. Yeah. It, it was just the first half was just horrendous from both sides. The skill level was so bad. The passing was awful. Drop balls. It was three all at half time. It was just terrible. And then, you know, the New Zealand side raced away and won 34-3. I thought there's no future coming. There's no future players coming. It looks really... There's big troubles in rugby union, definitely. And then yesterday, the women played. And how about this? It's 32-0 to New Zealand at the 45th minute. Australia gets a, a, free, a penalty goal, a, a, or a penalty. They go for goal. At 32 nil. <laughs> they want to get on the scoreboard. <laughs> you know what I mean, no? That's a bit they embarrassing. Want get, they want to get on the scoreboard, I think, Dino. But, um, yeah, anyway, what what do you do? A couple of people chimed in here. Um, Brett from Richmond said, Adrian, it, yeah, well, I can't say that word. You can skew tactics any way you want to. And and Mitch from Tamworth says, I think it, it, everyone has Adrian Sledge's clear on their weekend PSB bingo cards. <laughs> <laughs> so he comes on every Sunday. Sledge is an open uh, He does got go. a set against him. He does light yeah. up the text message board. Just a quick one, Ray. Mick Croner during the week. I had a chat to Crow. Mm-hmm. One of life's great gentlemen. Yeah. Absolute iconic yeah. bloke. I said, Mick, who's going to win? He said, quote, I'll tell you who I want to win on Sunday. The side who might show a bit of humility and be reasonably humble after the game and show some respect for the opposition. Mm. So I think I know which to, uh, team he is directing that comment at. But I think when Mick Cronin, the all-time gentleman, says show some humility, perhaps the players that he's directing that at should listen. Yeah, well, I think both teams will. I think both teams will respect the other side, whether they win or lose, because at the end of the day, you've made the grand final, which is um, a tremendous achievement, and it's game on tonight. It was game on yesterday for this man. They had a day out Tullock Lodge, Adrian Bottom, Gay Waterhouse with four winners, two at Group 1 level, and Adrian is on the line. Adrian, good morning. Yeah, good morning, guys. Hey, th- congratulations, Adrian. Tremendous day yesterday. Can I take you firstly to think about it, uh, to, to, sorry, to Tropical Squall in the flight stakes, and this is a filly in her first prep. But typical Tullock Lodge bone and muscle. She led, she dominated, she actually ran very fast time. So she gave her rivals every chance to run her down. She was too tough, Adrian. 
Yeah, she was, and, and that was sort of the the intent going into it. Obviously, you know, a couple of sort of quality fillies in there that have been pretty sharp and and, and sort of been able to out sprint her there over those shorter trips. So getting out to the mile, you know, her, her, her asset was being able to make it a nice a nice test, um, sort of bring that toughness into it. Thought should sort of really excel over that sort of trip and 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 certainly um, potentially have a further going forward. So. Um, yeah, there was a bit of intent there to, to do that and sort of try and drag the, the speed out of the others. And, you know, she was able to hang on strongly. And talk about speed. Just fine, almost broke the clock in the Metropolitan. Had a terrific struggle with Spirit Ridge up the straight. He had the weight pull. He got the job done. And this is, again, a horse who's in his first prep in Australia. Three from three, run time every time. How, how good is he, Adrian? Yeah, it's, um, you know, quite quite amazing to sort of watch the, the progression there, sort of not yeah. easy to do what he's done in just those sort of in a, in a short space of time and, and, and sort of win win a group one just his third start here. No doubt he had the, the right conditions there, was, was, was well weighted, you know, was able to sort of get a lovely run there in, in, um, in, in, in transit, sort of give him every opportunity. Uh, you know, Spirit Ridge, very tough competitor there yesterday. He, he wasn't laying down at all. I, I, I thought sort of halfway up the straight we... We weren't going to get the better of him, but um, yeah, he sort of really, really knuckled down strongly and was able to sort of get the job done. I, you know, it's good to see him settle nicely over that trip. I, I think that sort of opens up a few more options for him going going forward. But yeah, also, I guess the exciting part is he's shown so much sort of speed to be effective at those shorter trips as well. He's run run time over a mile. He's mm. he's, he's run time, you know, over two thousand metres, and, and it's good sustained speed. So. Um, you know, good sort of qualities to have for, for a stay going forward. Where do you go next with him? Is the Melbourne Cup part of your, your thinking, Adrian? Or? Yeah, it, it is. He's nominated for it. Um, look, obviously, we, we didn't sort of probably expect to be in this position so quickly. There's, there's a few future nominations we, we, we probably didn't put in for that reason. Um, yeah, he's, he's, as I said, he's got here very quickly and come a long way. So mm. we'll just sort of get today or yesterday over with, see how he he does over the next couple of days um, and then sort of decide where we feel is, is best. But I know the, you know, the ownership group having a, a great ride so far and there's certainly, um, you know, something to, to be said for capitalising on, on, on form while they're, yeah. while they're there and while they've got it. Um, you know, mindful that it's been sort of his first campaign here and hopefully there's still, still more to come. So a, a few things to weigh up. He's run time at 1,600, 2,000, now 2,400. It's quite exceptional. And an exceptional feat by the stable in the Breeders' Plate. Just to get a two-year-old into a Breeders' Plate, uh, the first two races of the season is a feat in itself. To go one, two, three with a stable trifecta, Espinard, Straight Charge and Prost, gee, that must give you and, and Gay a lot of satisfaction, Adrian. Yeah, well and truly. You know, got a great, great kick out of that. Um, you know, three... Sort of really quality quality horses, um, you know, three nice colt profiles going going forward. Um, yeah, we've been, I guess, in a fortunate position to be supported by, you know, um, I, I guess sort of owners and um, studs that, that are sort of going to the, to the yearling sales and, and purchasing these stay in prospects. So you know, this is a, an important race to have them um, kicking off in, and, and and they've all been able to perform well. At, all, all those individuals have put plenty into the industry and, you know, looking for these types of horses. So, you know, sort of glad they're able to perform nicely for them, but I, but I feel they've certainly got a nice cult on, on their hands. Adrian, with uh, four feature wins at Ramwick, was yesterday the best day you've had since forming a training partnership with Gay seven years ago? 
Yeah, look, I, I think well and truly, you know, just um, you know, across the board, they they all seem to perform uh, well and, and and consistently, and um, you know, these are sort of you know the Epsom sort of day here has always been one of the, the the bigger days on 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 the calendar and carnival here. So, you know, on 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 those big feature days, it's always sort of hard to be getting get, getting a winner. But when things are able to fall into place like that, and um, you know, not just certainly the the, the group ones were, were satisfying, but um, you know, all of them, the, the, the two year olds, and um, you know, even a couple of horses that weren't able to to win and and and, and perform nicely. Also, like Hawaii Five, I got plenty of satisfaction as well. So. Uh, I think the board that was one of the most consistent days we've had certainly. Mm-hmm. Well, Hawaii Five A, you mentioned he was monstrous in the Premier Stakes running. Think about it to a photo in the same race. Alcohol free ran a very good fourth first up. Has Hawaii Five O and Alcohol Free done enough to go to the Everest, Adrian? Uh, in, in in my eyes, certainly they both have. Um, yeah, you know, I, I feel like oh, Free's opened some nice improvement off the back of that run. Yeah, you know, just the, the shape of the race may not necessarily suit the bear first up. Didn't feel there was probably enough uh, tempo or pressure there. She she probably just raced a little bit fresh there in the early stages, but thought she stuck on nicely. And I thought she'll 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 improve dramatically off that and sharpen up nicely for, for that first up run. And um, yeah, Hawaii Five O, you know, he, he took the improvement that we wanted to see um, off off the back of his run in the shorts. So um, he's you know, I feel he's right on track, ready to ready to sort of peak going into the Everest if that's the way that he can go. So um, no confirmation from, from either of those horses yet. Okay. They will take their place. But, um, you know, I feel they're in a nice position to do so um, should everything fall into place. Is it fair to say, Adrian, that you will recommend to you long that they take alcohol free? And the second part of that question, is there a couple of slot holders circling for Hawaii 5A? Yeah, so that's my advice, well mm-hmm. and truly, to, to them that I feel she's open to enough improvement to see alcohol-free being competitive in the Everest. So, um, yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll see how they see how she, you know, sort of fits for them and, mm-hmm. and, and what they want to achieve going forward. And they may have other options within the team. So, um, yeah, that's just the advice that we're given. Um, same things spoken to a couple of um, slot holders there initially yesterday uh, or even sort of going into the race we, we wanted to make sure that no decisions were, were sort of being done without them sort of having a bit of a watch on, on him yesterday so hopefully he's done enough to keep them interested um, so there's a few discussions to, to have this morning um, you know, Luke, Luke McDonald handles that side of things for, for Jerry Harvey and Singo so um, yeah he's in, he's, in, he's in the box seat there this morning Terrific. Well, hopefully there'll be news about both those horses in the next couple of days, Ree the Everest. Congratulations on a fantastic day for Talek Lodge, Adrian. Who wins the grand final? <laughs> no, that's not my domain. I've <laughs> had to think about it. I forgot there was one on today, to tell you the truth. Sorry. <laughs> well, I've seen you a couple of Penrith games, so is it fair to say you, your sentiment might lie with the Panthers over the Broncos tonight? Yeah, look, they've been great outfit all year, haven't they? So it's probably hard to go past. Fair enough. Hey, Adrian, congratulations again. Enjoy a rare Sunday afternoon off, and um, we'll we'll talk very, very soon, mate. Thanks. Thanks very much. There's Adrian Bott. Great day yesterday for the stable. League Super Quiz time. Dino leads 17-16, but call now 13-53-53. That's 13-53-53 to be part of the League Super Quiz. 
Skipped breakfast, laughed at this text. Could Eddie Jones get the New South Wales job? <laughs> <laughs> well, Loz has ruled himself out. Well, yes, but, well hang on. Yeah. I know I know heard what he yeah. said, but I also know this about him. If they come knocking hard enough, he's not going to apply for the job. Respect, nor should he. He's earned the right to not reply. If they knock hard enough, mate, I reckon that door is still a tiny bit ajar. And yes, I'm speaking for you. The Big Sports Breakfast, weekdays from 5.30 on Sky Sports Radio and Radio Tab. G'day, it's Sean Garlic here from Garlow's Pies. The best thing about our pies is the deliciously flaky pastry on top, a bottom which is rolled extra thin, and a filling which is bursting with flavour. Plenty of flavours to choose from, like lean beef, curry beef, sausage rolls. We even have junior pies that you can give to the whole family. Find us in the Coles and Woolworths chilled meals section. And if you can't find us, ask for us by name. Garlow's Pies, we're thin on pastry, we're big on meat. Be trackside at Rose Hill Gardens for another thrilling Sydney Everest Carnival Day of group racing featuring the $2 million Hill Stakes. Revel in a dazzling kaleidoscope of fun, food and fashion. Hill Stakes Day, October 7 at Rose Hill Gardens. Book now at theracers.com.au. Sports Report. First up this morning, big news for our national sport, cricket. Cricket? The... Sorry, but our national sport what? is not cricket. Yeah, it's Aussie rules. No, it's rugby no, cricket was played first. The soccer's played the most. Yeah, probably no, played the best. Well, the world would yeah. swimming. We serve more than we, we swim. We ski almost no, as much as cricket. Sport is our sport, and it's all better on the Tab app. Tab, we're on. You win some, you lose more. For free and confidential support, visit gamblinghelponline.org.au. A rare racing chance to buy the iconic standardbred property Bidgey Ribbon, the home of the famous Brooklyn Lodge Stud. Minutes from Bathurst on 610 hectares with water rights. Auction day October 26th. For full details, contact Nutrien Harcourts. Towards the final throws, they've lost the ball and Will Jordan streaking away again. Sender and kick back and field the bounce for Adi Savia. The offload for Jordan. They've got it on a string. On Sky Sports Radio and Radio Tab, this is the Big Sports Breakfast Weekend. And welcome back to the show with Dino and Ray. Producer Steve's in studio. Dino, for the all-important coin toss. I'll go tails today, please, Steve. Just for something different. Heads it Uh, is. Heads it is, Ray. I just want to... I might take the first ball. Off you go. Okay, and I think I've got Adrian there to take the first question. Adrian, good morning. Morning, guys. How are you? How are you feeling, Adrian? Confident? Yeah, we'll see how we go. Okay. Who wins the grand final today, mate? Uh, I think Broncos get up. Fair enough. Everyone's going the Broncos. I'm feeling a bit left out here, Dino. That'll be hard to beat. Yeah, they will be. Yeah. I'll be hard here to we beat. go, Adrian. Very best of luck. What do the 1993 and 2000 grand finals have in common? There's a field goals in both of them. They're both won by the Brisbane Broncos, 14 points to six. So there you go. Okay, Adrian, question number two. This one is multiple choice, Adrian, so best of luck. Who is the only player to win first grade grand finals with both Penrith and Brisbane? The answers are A, Luke Prittis, B, Petro Sivanasiva, C, Joel Clinton. Uh, Prittis. Yeah, well done. Luke Prittis, yep. I saw Petro at the races yesterday. He's tall, man. isn't he? Tall bloke, Petro. Yeah, good man. Yeah. Question number three, Aiden. We're on the board. This one's also multiple choice. Which player has not won? Which player has not won 
two Clive Churchill medals. A, Bradley Clyde. B, Billy Slater. C, Darren Lockyer. Uh, Billy Slater. Uh, he has. It was Darren Lockyer. So, anyway, one's on the board. Adrian, stay on the line. Over to you, Dino. Uh, Robert, are you there? Good morning, boys. Good morning. We've got a score of one from three, Robert. So let's rip straight into it and see if we can secure another victory. Question number one. What did the 1933 and 1943 first grade grand final have in common? Which team, I guess we could say, couldn't we, Ray? Yeah, okay. Well, it's a convoluted question. Okay, well, the exact the question same is... same question I got in the first Okay, one. what did 1933 and 1943 first grade grand finals have in common? There was a winner. <laughs> That's good enough for me. That's not for me. <laughs> it was actually Newtown Jets. Newtown Jets won both. That was a tough one, though, Typically, uh, he's, typically he's right. Well, <laughs> how can you argue with him? There was a winner. Robert, we need this one to stay in the game. How many first grade grand finals... Have Cronulla lost? Is it A, 2, B, 3, or C, 4? Lost. 2. It's actually 3, uh, Robert. Uh, 73, 78, and they lost the 1997 Super League Grand Final up there in Brisbane. I've got that one. Yeah, Robert, we need this to tie it up. Question 3. Who won the 2001 Dally... uh, my apologies. Who won the 2001 Clive Churchill medal? Is it A, Andrew Johns, B, Robbie O'Davis, or C, Darren Lockyer? Andrew Johns. Oh, Correct. We're into a tiebreak. Here we go. This Correct. could be a poor ten of things to come tonight. Correct. Today. Robert, yeah. we're into a tiebreaker. And the question is, how many tries did the Northern Eagles score in the 2002 season? And the answer is between 1 and 100. Sorry, can you repeat the question because there was a break-up? No, that's okay. How many tries did the Northern Eagles score in the 2002 season? And the answer is between 1 and 100. 43. 43. Stay on the line there. We'll go back to Adrian. Um, Adrian, you there? Yeah. Okay, we're in a tiebreaker, Adrian. Here we go. How many tries... Did the Northern Eagles score in the 2002 season? And Adrian, the answer is between 1 and 100 tries. 45. Oh, the answer is actually 85, but you're closest, Adrian. Congratulations. A um, $100 cash card courtesy of Tab is going your way. You're going for the Broncos this afternoon. Is that your team, Adrian? No, I'm a long-suffering dragon. Oh, okay. I, I think they'll turn around next year with Shane Flanagan. But anyway, hey, Adrian, enjoy Grand Final Day. Stay on the line. We'll get all your details. Get that $100 cash card courtesy of Tab out your way very, very soon. We're locked up at 17 all, all up, Dino. 17 all. Could be a poor ten of things to come tonight. Let's hope Could so. be a tight one. Coming up next... Jared Daffy. On the Big Sports Breakfast. Well, I've been thinking about this for a long time. Where do missing socks go? How do you throw away a garbage can? Do fish sleep? Why do donuts have holes? If you find out, can you let me know, please? Jared Daffy's words of wisdom. Why does quicksand work so slowly? <laughs> Should it be renamed? Please explain. Jared, good morning. What's our words of wisdom for Grand Final Day? Morning, boys. Why do banks charge you a fee for insufficient funds for money they already know you don't have? True. Very true. 
That's a really good point. Because they charge you for everything, don't they, Jared? Yeah, they including do. zero. Yeah, they do not miss. Hey, Jared, I did want to ask And then you. they post $88 million profit. Yeah, funny. Oh, and the CEO walks that. away with a $5 million bonus. Yeah, that's pretty yeah, bizarre. Yeah, something's wrong there. Yes. Yeah. Hey, Jared, I did say to um, Dino earlier, I thought $1.62 Panthers head-to-head against the Broncos 230 for tonight's grand final. I thought they were too far apart. Uh, yeah. And and I guess the betting this week sort of uh, agrees with that, Ray, because at the moment it's 50-50. Mm-hmm. Um, so you always get money for the outsider in grand finals anywhere, a- any code. But uh, the biggest bet we've taken has been for the Broncos. We took that last Saturday night, which was $38,000 as soon as we opened them up, two thirty-five. They're into 2.30 afterwards, the, uh, the Panthers $1.62, and it basically hasn't moved all week. The line there, three and a half points. AFL for next year, Jared. Do you want the Churchill medal? Yeah, oh, I'm yeah, sorry, yeah. mate. Yes, of uh, course. Uh, Nathan Cleary, the fave there at 3.25. Reese Walsh, 7. Adam Reynolds, 8. Payne Haas, Dylan Edwards, 11. The rest are 13 or better. The interesting thing here is normally, um, you know, somebody like Cleary would be our worst result by far. But it's the Broncos duo, uh, Reese Walsh and Adam Reynolds. Between them, they've got nearly 35% of the money. So oh, yeah. mm. that's uh, that's an interesting little stat. The first try score, well, Brian To'o is the favourite at 8.50, and he's the one uh, that's attracted most support there. And of the Bronx, it's been Selwyn Cobbo, uh, 22 and 15% respectively, 8.50 and $10. So I guess in summing up, Ray, mm. opinions are divided. Okay, yeah. there's a bit of a gap between them price-wise, and a lot of that's to do with the liability for Penrith in, in regards to premiership yeah. betting all of the way through the year because the Broncos weren't that popular. I understand, yeah, and they sort of come through. Uh, who's your tip, Jared? Uh, I hope the Broncos win. I mean, was a, I still can't believe the Lions lost yesterday. So hopefully Queensland oh, can salvage something out of the wreck. And uh, AFL, Jared, moving ahead to 2024. Well, I guess we've got, always got a starting point, haven't we, Dean, that the two grand finalists normally head proceedings, and that's the way mm. that it is. Collingwood open at five, Brisbane seven. Carlton there, Ray, $8, mm, third favourites. Melbourne, nine fifty. The rest are $10 or better. Of course, the Gold Coast are talking point now with uh, with Hardwick there as the coach for next season. They're a $34 pop. But that market there already for, for next year. Wow, yeah. What a game that was yesterday, Jared, wasn't oh, it? Oh, it was wow. a classic. Jeez. I'll try and watch the full game at some stage. I was telling Dean I was in the press room and getting close to that. You know, deep into that final quarter when it was so tight. You know, on deadline, I was in all sorts of trouble. <laughs> it was one of those ones where, for the whole 120 minutes or however long it goes for these days, yeah. it could have gone either way. Yeah, yeah. It really could have gone either way. Incredible game. Um, there's NBL on today. We've had the first round start this weekend. The Kings got away to their tile defence with a win over Illawarra Hawks 96-81 last night, Jerry. Yeah, pretty impressive victory there. Uh, the 2 o'clock game today. All of these are live on ESPN, by the way. And, of course, we have live betting. Adelaide, $3.80. Uh, Melbourne United, they were impressive the other night. $1.25, mm. a line of 8.5 points. And South East Melbourne will be at home today to Perth, who obviously uh, played in Perth on Friday night. They so they've win. got the trip across yeah. the Nullarbor. Big win too. Mm-hmm. Perth slight favourites here at 180 and South East Melbourne at $2. What about the Cricket World Cup, Jared? And then snowball that, if you would, into the rugby. Yeah, well, the Cricket World Cup gets underway this week and India are the favourites here at $3. England, 4.25. The Aussies, 5.50. Pakistan, 6.50. 
South Africa nine, New Zealand ten, and then right out to forty one dollars for Sri Lanka. Dean, we've got all of those first round matches up. Plenty of bet types on those. It starts at a really good time uh, for Australian viewers, uh, obviously being in India, and we'll have live betting on those throughout. And well, the gloss has sort of gone off the World Cup rugby, hasn't it, to some degree? But the Wallabies go around tomorrow morning at 1.45 and oddly enough they've shortened up in the handicap market it was 22.5 points when it opened it's now minus 25.5 points um, the minus is $1.85 and the plus for Portugal at one ninety-five. Okay, they need a big win because they can still mathematically go through if they can get the bonus point first against Portugal which they yeah. if they don't get it they're out but they've got to win the match get the bonus point and then pray that Portugal can somehow beat Fiji next weekend so a lot has to play out there well hey, if they if yeah. they lose uh, he'll be on Australia's most wanted Eddie oh, Jones oh, I think he is it's been a disaster yeah <laughs> hey um, Jared an Everest update fascinating day yesterday read the, the Everest well, I don't know whether this has got any clearer, Ray. Um, we've got $4 equal favourite think about it. That makes sense. But Imperatories, now, there must be still some thought that uh, they might buy a slot. So there's they... been money for it? Yeah. Wow. Okay. Yeah. Now, if you're not nominated, you get your money back. Mm. But uh, she's $4 equal favourite, we think about it. Then narrowly behind them, I wish I win at four twenty. Private Eye at 5 Buenos Notches, which is the tab slot. Uh, it's at $8 and the rest are 11 or better. And Hawaii 5 though, I know you've spoken about it this morning, it's $11 there. You'd think it'd get picked up, but uh, not, not too many slots left. But think yeah. about it, obviously, um, some impressive yesterday, one of the $4 equal favourites with Imperatries. Yeah, I think Adrian Bott told us he's fairly close, he thinks, to getting a slot for Hawaii 5 All okay. the people involved with that anyway. Hey, yep. Jared, enjoy grand final day. Uh, thanks so much for joining us as always on a Sunday. We'll talk next week. Thanks, Dave. See you, boys. There's Jared Daffy. Phil Moss is on the line. Talk the world of football. Mossy, good morning. <laughs> Liverpool had a man sent off in the first half. They were still there, one all until deep into injury time. And that man, Ange Postacoglu, his men Spurs found a way. Good morning, Mossy. Good morning, Ray. Morning, Bulldog. Morning to everyone. I'm loving Big, Big Ange instead when he's walking <laughs> around the pitch at full time and you've got 60,000 Spurs supporters singing the Robbie Williams classic. That's incredible. Uh, you know you've made it. It's spine-tingling stuff. If anyone hasn't seen it, get on YouTube and have a look. It's, uh, it's almost as spine-tingling as uh, you'll never walk alone. Now, I know I might be getting a little bit carried away there, but given he's an Aussie and what he's doing... Um, it's just absolutely remarkable. It, it is what dreams are made of, um, and he's living. I think every football coach is from any level of the game. He's living their dream and, and doing it in style. Um, it, I think, from a Liverpool point of view, if anything that could go wrong did go wrong, yeah. they they had a disallowed goal um, that was um, it was clearly onside. Um, that was in the first half. Um, and, and even VAR have come out after the game and said that it was a mistake. Um, it should have been given. Um, they had two red cards and Matip own goal um, in the 94th or 5th minute that gave uh, Spurs all three points. So Jurgen Klopp uh, wouldn't have been sleeping too comfortably, I wouldn't imagine. But um, it's their first loss of the season, Liverpool. Um, Spurs carry on um, with their unbeaten start to the season. Remarkable scenes, as I said, and that is the... Uh, only the second win for Spurs over Liverpool in the last 24 games. The last win was 2017 at Wembley. So Ange is starting to break all sorts of records. Uh, now, Mossy, uh, Man City lose to Wolves. Mm. 
It was a crazy night, Bulldog. 25 goals in eight games. That's an average of over three goals a game. Um, Villa put six past Brighton. Spurs obviously beat Liverpool. You've got Manchester City losing. You've got Crystal Palace beating Manchester United at Old Trafford. Um, just remarkable. And, and then Arsenal put four past Bournemouth. But, uh, yeah, the Manchester City result was a real shock. Um, you know, and, and Wolves deserving of the, of the win. They, they played well um, and scored a really good goal to, uh, to go ahead. And Everton lost um, at home to Luton. We thought Everton might be getting back on track after last week. This is, this is a bad loss going down to Luton at home. Disastrous, mm. absolutely. They, they continue to lurch from disaster to disaster, Ray. And um, you know, this this takes Luton outside the um, outside the, the relegation zone for the first time. Um, but yeah, it's a, you know, they were they were two 0 down at home uh, to Luton, and then they they scrambled one back. But um, all sorts of issues for Everton. Mossy back home in the A League, the Mariners. They've got a new boss. They have. His name's Mark Jackson. Um, and uh, he comes from Milton Keynes Dons, which is the old Wimbledon, if you like. Um, I think Vinnie Jones, lock, stock, and two smoking barrels. Um, and he's, uh, that was his first senior job, and um, they got relegated uh, under his uh, leadership. He was only there for five months, but um, before that, a development coach with Leeds United um, in the under-15s and 16s, under the likes of uh, Marcello Bielsa, uh, Jesse Marsh uh, elevated him to the first team coaching role, so he's got um, he's got some pedigree. Mark Jackson, look, you know the Mariners. And I said this during the week. The Mariners got some really good football intel up there with Matt Simon as a sporting director, Andy Burnell, former Socceroo, um, Sean Millicamp, the CEO. So I'm, I, I know they know what they're doing, but I'll always be a little bit critical uh, to start with when a club uh, in the A League appoints a foreign coach mm. um, who's clearly not got a, a you know a, a CV that that leaves local coaches uh, well behind because I think we need to use the A League not just to develop players but uh, to give coaches Australian coaches an opportunity. So look, all eyes will be on Mark. Um, of course, there'll be more pressure on him because he's a foreigner coming to our our local league, and I hope from a coach's point of view he does well, and from a Mariners fan's point of view he does well. Um, but I'll always plump for the local coach yeah. over the foreign coach in our league. Why would a club necessarily do that, Moss? Would it would be because maybe that foreigner could potentially attract more Northern Hemisphere players down to the A-League? Or? I think it's probably the opposite, Ray, to be honest, with the Mariners because their business plan is to develop and sell players. Yeah. Um, so I, I would imagine that they'd be tapping into um, Mark's contacts in, in England um, you know, for, uh, to, to, to sell young players from the Mariners overseas. Um, so, because the Mariners, as we know, they don't pay a lot of money for foreigners to come out. So they may attract a few younger players who who are in need of game time um, uh, from from England, um, particularly the Championship uh, or Scotland. But um, yeah, I would imagine that they'd be tapping into his contacts over there to to sell players. Fair enough. Yeah. Uh, the multi today, are you going, including the NRL Grand Final in your multi, Mossy? <laughs> <laughs> Who's your tip first? Well, yeah. I've got all my money on Penrith, oh, of good, course. Good, uh, good. Yeah, wishing wishing the Cleary family all the very best. Um, but yeah, no, my multi, uh, I'll, I'll leave the rugby league tipping to the Bulldog because uh, yep. you know, I'll, I'll stick to the football. Um, but I'm going a three-legger and we've got uh, Forrest hosting Brentford. Yep. Um, so I'm tipping Forrest in that one into Chelsea away to Fulham. So Chelsea to win that one. And then on 
Wednesday morning, I think it is, it is uh, yeah. Luton and Burnley. Uh, that's the game in hand for uh, for the cellar dwellers, and I'm going to tip Luton at home to, to get over the top of Burnley off the back of last night's result. I think they'll get a, a jolt of confidence. So it's Nottingham Forest into Chelsea into Luton. Fantastic, Mossy. Hey, mate, appreciate it. Enjoy the grand final tonight, and we'll talk next Sunday about the world of football once again. Look forward to it. Uh, Australia Cup final next Saturday oh, yes, night. Yes. Don't forget Sydney FC hosting Brisbane Raw at um, at Allianz Stadium. I'm tipping Sydney FC in a tight one there. I don't think it'll be easy, but I think the home team will get over the line. Thanks, plenty, Mossy. Plenty to talk about next Sunday. We'll talk then, Mossy. Thanks, guys. There's Phil Moss talking the world of football. Here's the news. Hello, I'm Sarah Warmby. As Panthers fans prepare to cheer on their side to a historic NRL grand final three-peat, Broncos supporters are clinging to the hope they'll secure their first premiership in almost 17 years. Matt Hepworth reports from Brisbane. Just last weekend, the Broncos were able to dominate the Warriors in front of a home crowd, 42-12. to It's a victory they'll surely try to replicate tonight when they take on the Panthers in Sydney. If they come out winners, it'll be their first grand final win since 2006. While they won't have the backing of Suncorp Stadium behind them, the might of thousands expected to turn out at live sites, pubs and bars will surely be felt hundreds of kilometres away. Meantime, total fire bans are in force for Sydney and much of regional New South Wales with hot, dry and windy conditions forecast. Restrictions stretch from the far south coast to the Queensland border. Rural Fire Service Inspector Ben Shepherd says emergency services are on high alert. Hot temperatures in the, the mid to high 30s, coupled with this very dry westerly winds, so we're expecting those to whip up across the course of the day and that's really starting to drive this fire danger up. The federal government is launching a crackdown on dodgy student visa and asylum seeker applications. News Corp reports a number of announcements from the Home Affairs Education and Immigration Offices will be announced throughout the week. Australian families are paying some of the highest rates in the world for childcare. Emily Minnie reports. The average Australian family will with two children under the age of three spent 16% of their annual income on childcare in the four years to 2022. Ranked alongside our OECD counterparts, it puts Australia in 26th place out of 32 countries. A new report by the ACCC did not take into account the federal government's most recent childcare changes, which came into effect in July, but found previously implemented measures were failing to drive down costs. The watchdog is recommending changes to entitlement tests determining who has access to the subsidies. Clocks in South Australia, Tasmania, Victoria, New South Wales and the ACT have moved forward with the start of daylight saving. There's no change in the Northern Territory, Queensland and Western Australia. Overseas, the US government is on the brink of shutting down unless a crucial government funding bill is passed. Lawmakers have until the end of the day to reach a deal or three and a half million workers are expected to go without a paycheck and could affect everything from air travel to welfare payments. And police in Slovakia have fined a car owner whose dog was behind the wheel. The BBC's Rob Cameron has the story. It sounds like a shaggy dog story, but an image posted on Facebook by Slovak police shows a smiling brown hunting dog behind the wheel of a moving Škoda car. 
The driver claimed the dog had jumped suddenly into his lap. However, officers replayed video showing the dog had been sitting there the whole time. He was also speeding, they said. The driver was fined, although it's unclear whether this was for the dog or the speed. Police appealed to drivers to secure their pets safely in a moving vehicle. This is Air News. To AFL, it was a nail-biting grand final win to Collingwood yesterday. Air Sports' Paul Walsh was there at the final siren. It was anticipated to be a grand final for the ages, and the capacity crowd of 100,024 were not let down. Collingwood led at every change and held up in the last quarter to claim the 2023 AFL Premiership by four points. Final scoreline, Collingwood 12-18-90 to the Brisbane Lions 13-8-86. Bobby Hill with four goals was awarded the Norm Smith Medal and the 2023 Premiership takes the Magpies to 16 titles, equal now with arch rivals Carlton and Essendon. The party started at the final siren and will no doubt last for days rather than hours. This is Paul Walsh at the MCG The Panthers are hoping to make it three premierships in a row when they take on the Broncos in the NRL Grand Final tonight. Meantime, the expected hot weather in Sydney means there will be a longer halftime in the Women's Grand Final between the Knights and the Titans this afternoon. In the NBL, the New Zealand Breakers down the Cairns Taipans 98-87. The Sydney Kings beat the Illawarra Hawks 96-81. And in the netball, New Zealand has defeated England 15 to 52 to win the women's test. Australian Independent Radio News. Experience a remarkable week of racing in one of the world's great cities, Hong Kong, with the Big Sports Breakfast team. Leaving December 5, you'll be transported to Happy Valley with racing under lights for the World Jockeys Challenge. Plus head to Sha Tin for the four Group 1s and the World Turf Championships. And when not at the racecourse, you can shop, harbour cruise or just relax. Join the Big Sports Breakfast in Hong Kong. Myself, Dave Stanley and Laurie Daly. For more information, go to ambassadortravel.com.au. At Drummond Golf, we understand your passion. Nice roll. And that's because every Drummond Golf store is owned and run by a local who loves the game as much as you do. Yeah, it's come off the face really well. Someone who knows where you play and what you need. Oh, yeah, looking good. With Australia's biggest range and expert knowledge. Great. Now let's try that putter with this grip. So if you want to improve your game, see a local expert at Drummond Golf. Traffic on the Big Sports Breakfast. Barbecues galore has sizzling prices. Like the new Next Grill Ranger 4 Burner Barbie, just $299. Save 100 Shop in store or online now. In Parramatta, roadworks are closing MacArthur Street, heading both ways between George Street and New Zealand Street. Neutral Bay, Alpha Street North, is now permanently closed northbound between Wailing Road and High Street. Also no left turn from the High Street roundabout to Alfred Street North. Sale on now at Oz Design Furniture. Enjoy 25% off almost everything and save big on furniture and homewares pieces. Sale ends tomorrow. Oz Design for life. T's and C's apply. I'm Thomas Reeve, number one in racing on Sky Sports Radio. On the big sports breakfast, interstate weather. 
Sydney today for the grand final. Becoming windy, but mostly sunny, a top of 36 degrees. Melbourne, wind is easing, partly cloudy and 22. Brisbane, sunny and 27 degrees. Perth, a shower or two, also becoming windy in Perth, a top of 21 today. Cloud, it's clearing in Adelaide, top of 21 degrees. Hobart, a shower or two about, also becoming windy there, top of 20 degrees. Darwin, sunny and 34. And for Canberra, becoming Coming windy, windy, sorry, but a sunny Sunday, a top of 29 degrees. Maybe, maybe. Patrick Cantlay finds one at 80. What a putt. And it's all over. It's a famous, famous victory for Wolverhampton Wanderers. It's victory at Molyneux for Wolves against Manchester City. Going to begin their two-time championship defence. That's seven in a row now for the Kings against the Hawks. That rarest of days. Tottenham beat Liverpool. Tottenham two, Liverpool one. The Magpies and their massive army are going to win a record equaling 16th flag. How sweet it is. Collingwood win the grand final. On Sky Sports Radio and Radio Tab, the big sports breakfast weekend. And welcome back to the show with Dino and Ray for our final half hour. Final hour, first half hour, we have Greg Alexander, a Penrith legend and director, on. Also, Chris Johns, who uh, played in some those great Broncos teams through the nineties. Tanya with a sports update, and Phil Buzz Rothford on a little layer to get his views on the grand final. Cracking game tonight with the Panthers taking on the Broncos, Dino, and this man might be as nervous as anyone going into the big one. Panthers director and, of course, Panthers legend himself, Greg Alexander, is on the line. Greg, good morning. Morning, Ray. You feeling nervous, mate? Uh, a little bit, a little bit. It'll get, it'll, uh, it'll build through the day, mm. Ray, and then, uh, you know, peak at 7.30 or probably, you know, well before that. i am uh, got some Fox duties uh, in, in at Fox this afternoon with mm. the New South Wales Queensland Cup match and then... Uh, uh, done by three thirty. Jump the car and, and and head out there. All the the family's going. I'm Tanya and the four boys. Everyone will be there. So uh, once I rot, once you get to a core stadium, once you get to the venue, well, the nerves you go to a new yeah. level. Yeah. So yeah, it's all good. But <laughs> uh, Brandy, why will the Panthers win? Ah, uh, well. Dog, I don't like talking about you know why they'll win. Uh, really, like I, I think I think the fact that they've been playing, they've played semi-final footy every week for you know finals footy, and we always talk about that finals footy is different to the regular season. But these blokes have been playing it for four years throughout the regular season. Um, they just know their game so well. But that's not to say that. You know the, the threat of the Broncos' attack, and you know how they've they've based their game around improving their defence, and they've got the second best defensive record in in the competition. Uh, you know, and we always talk about best defences winning comps. Uh, theirs is pretty good. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, uh, in terms of defence, you don't have to have the best defensive record. You just have to base your game around it, and that was evident back in round one when they played Penrith. That. Uh, at uh, out there at Penrith, and I remember the talk after the game was 13-12 win to the Broncos, tough game, and Kevy spoke about how much they'd worked on their defence, and that's been evident throughout the season. So they've got the attack, um, and they've got 
they're, they're confident in their defence. So, if, look, if both teams play their best footy, and we've seen through the final series so far where where these two teams have dominated and and beaten comfortably the other teams. Uh, they've both beaten the Storm and the Warriors by big scores. Mm. So both the other uh, the two top four teams they've they've smashed really. So clearly the two best teams. And we've seen, you know, those Melbourne Storm and the Warriors teams fail to complete, play without the ball, and you just can't do it against these two sides. So if both teams control the football um, and and they play their best footy, boy, we're, 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 we're in for one of, the, one of the great grand finals, I think. Yeah, it could be an epic. Uh, Greg, a lot of people have spoken about the Broncos' unpredictability and their ability to, to score... Um, tries and particularly their speed in their back line but you mentioned the round one clash which was 13-12 at Penrith won by the Broncos the round 11 clash was 15-4 the Panthers so both relatively low scoring games do we read anything into those two games in um, early in the season as we go into the grand final tonight uh, well I, I just again back to defence Ray mm-hmm. you know, both teams found, found it tough to score against uh, each other so um, I, I don't I don't take too much into what happened, you know, through the regular season. Other than that, other than you know, both teams are very good in both facets, um, where defence really cancelled out attack. Um, you know, and a lot's changed. And I, I, I look, I, I think Brisbane are a different side and a more confident side than they were through the regular season, yeah. and they built towards the final series. Uh, because for a, for a fair chunk of the season, when Penrith went on that run after after a, a scratchy start, yep, that's true. Uh, which had many you know questioning whether Penrith would be able to do it, and Kikau and Coruscant's their names kept cropping up, saying, "Well, you know, it's a different challenge for Penrith because of the loss of those two players." Um, whereas the Broncos, and and when Penrith went on that run again, like there was last year, the you know, the call was, well, who's going to beat Penrith? Uh, and I think Brisbane built into that, and into their season. And you know, by the time they hit the finals, well, a lot of people thought that this was the team that could beat uh, the Panthers. And they they stayed with them right throughout the season in terms of competition points. So um, it all boils down to really... No one knows what's going to happen, right? I don't <laughs> know what's going to happen, really. Match. I'd, I'd, love, I'd yeah. love to know what's going to happen. It's well, just a, dollar, a fascinating match, this. A dollar for every time this week, Brandy, someone walks up and says, who's going to win? Yeah, I'd like, I don't know. I wish I did know. If I did, yeah. I'd have a bet, too. Yes, yes. Well, yes, well yes, Greg, but, actually, I said to Dino earlier and also to Jared Daffy, our odds man, that I know you're like a little punt, but I think they're too far mm. apart. Dollar sixty-two Panthers, Broncos, two thirty, And I know that's a lot to do with the money that's been invested early in the season on the Panthers. I understand that. But if you look at this match yeah. simply from the two teams, there's yeah. nothing between them. It, it should be a dollar nine each or two almost. Maybe Penrith fractionally favourites because they're the two <laughs> yeah, dollar, probably. I don't know, you know. So. Yeah, probably right. You, you, you're probably right. You know, when you break down the teams, you know, look at look at, look at at what has won Penrith the, the last two premierships. And I, I, I think it's just been their starts and their brutality. Mm. Uh, Fisher, Harrison, Leota. Like, they dominated they last Regan, year, didn't they, against Penrith? Well, Regan Campbell, yeah. Gillard, Junipolo, like the two big front rowers who, who are, you know, their state of origin front rowers. And mm. and uh, and those two players, Moses and Fisher, Harris, but particularly Moses, Leota, who was, I thought, if you know, 
Dylan Edwards didn't win the Clive Churchill medal. Moses Leota probably should have, the, yeah. the impact that he had on the game. But, you know, up against Payne Haas and Thomas Flegler, two great front rowers. Like the, the battle in the middle is, uh, well, it, it's where big games are won. And Yo and Carrigan. So the, the, the middle battle is fascinating and, and will be brutal. And you, you've got to be brutal. Uh, then you've got the live wires at six, Luai and Ezra Mam and Jerome's done a great job to get himself back in the team. Uh, you've got the two best generals in the in the competition uh, with Reynolds and, and Cleary, two great fullbacks, different types of fullbacks, but two fantastic fullbacks, uh, exciting outside backs. The matchups are just Crichton, um, you know. Tony Staggs and Herbie. Herbie certainly deserved his spot in the Dallium team. He's had a great season. Um, the centre battle is uh, is intriguing. So it's um, yeah, it's 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 a game you could talk about for for hours mm. and still not be any closer as to exactly working yeah. out who's going to win. It's incredible. Brandy, just give us an insight into Ivan. He always comes across as very calm and quiet and composed, and no doubt that is his personality. But you know him better than anybody. Uh, you know, run us through the Ivan Cleary story. What, what kind of a person is he away from football? Uh, it, he's, he's, you know, he can have a laugh, Ivan. It, and, you know, so he's, it, there's more to Ivan than what you see in, a, in an interview situation. Um, yeah, he's got, a, he's got a good sense of humour. Um, and I think you need that. And, and Doggy, look, all, all coaching boils down to who you are. It's not what you know. It's, you know, it's... it's, it's it's the person you are and the person that you, that the impact your personality can have on the rest of the team and, and you know, to, to get players to do, uh, to play their best footy, yeah. uh, to bring out the best, to, to create an environment that um, allows their best footy to be played uh, without question. You know, there's, and, and it's very clear, you know, from what I, when he came back to, to Panthers the second time around, not that he was a different person, but he was a better coach. And I think coaches all, always improve and become better because they work out what's important, what they need to focus on, what they don't need to focus on. But I, Ivan is just Ivan's a good bloke, like mm. that, you know. And but there's plenty of good blokes that don't become good coaches too. Um, so there, there, there's a there's a fine line, and and it's a it's a very rare personality that has the ability to be able to impart what he thinks about football and, and, and life and, and, and get the best out of those people that he's looking after. It's a, you know, I've, I've been watching and fascinated by that for, for the last 40 years, mm-hmm. watching coaches talk to players, uh, watching the difference, watching how they handle pressure, watching how they, how they deal with things, uh, the, the decisions they make under pressure, uh, it, it re- you know, again, like to talk about coaching, you, you know, and uh, we've got some great coaches in the NRL, um, but I, I, sometimes I don't think Ivan gets the, the credit for what he's been able to do and lose coaches, lose players along this four-year journey, but still be able to keep these players at the absolute, like they are, they are so driven for success. And we've seen so many so many great teams over the last, let's just talk about the NRL era, mm. that, that win a comp, come into the next season as the favourites to win again because generally not much has changed with their lineup, but some something happens along the way in that second year where they just can't get it done. Uh, so Ivan's ability to keep these players up 
for that length of time um, uh, has been a, a, a you know it's been an amazing job that he's done. So, yeah, I, uh, but he's, yeah. bo- bo- you know, dog really, you know, Ivan's just a, he's, he's a good bloke, good bloke with a sense of humor, but uh, you know, when it's business time, he knows the, you know, he knows the difference. Yeah. And the great coach is Greg Daniel. The players want to play for them and, and um, they seem as great coaches have the ability to get their teams to, to rise to the occasion. And I think both coaches have shown that this season, which again is all part Absolutely. of this incredible matchup tonight. Hey, Greg, I really appreciate your thoughts on Grand Final. I know it's a busy day for you. Enjoy the match and, and go the Panthers, mate. Good on you, Ray. All the best. Thanks, Brandy. There's Greg Alexander, um, Panthers legend, and uh, he'll be going the game this afternoon with his family. Doesn't have to work, I don't think, Dino. Um, you can watch the game and hopefully get the Panthers home. Um, but there's also a, a certain team called the Brisbane Broncos who, as Brandy just quite rightly pointed out, you go right through the board, um, uh, an outstanding side with so much strike, Dino. And is that the reason why you've switched late? Because of that strike power that the Broncos have got, that unpredictability factor, the speed and and their um, ability to score tries. We well, look that game last week, Ray, and uh, every time Brisbane had the ball, something seemed to happen. Yeah. Every time they had the ball, the speed and the, the play the ball. It's incredible to watch, wasn't it? It was yeah. almost like mesmerising. And yeah. the poor Warriors at one point were just out on their feet. They didn't know what was coming next. Yeah. And when I looked at that, I just thought, you know what? I just can't tip against this bomb next week. So Fair enough. Yeah. Well, coming up next, we'll talk to Chris Johns from the Brisbane Broncos. Skipped breakfast. I remember we played a pre-season game and we played in the Albury. So we had the night out and then we stopped at the Edamoga pub on our way out of town. This is heading back to Canberra. We went via Junior Young. <laughs> stopped at Yass. Got home at 10 o'clock and we lost Kenny Nagus for the year with an ACL. <laughs> Mullo for the first 12 weeks. We got back to Canberra we were down three players. Oh. Everybody said, well, we checked them after the game. <laughs> The Big Sports Breakfast, weekdays from 5.30 on Sky Sports Radio and Radio Tab. True story. The Tab Everest, the world's richest race on turf. $20 million. Royal Randwick, October 14. The Tab Everest. Will you be watching? Be trackside at Rose Hill Gardens for another thrilling Sydney Everest Carnival Day of group racing featuring the $2 million Hill Stakes. Revel in a dazzling kaleidoscope of fun, food and fashion. Hill Stakes Day, October 7 at Rose Hill Gardens. Book now at theracers.com.au. Join Hancock's Racing number 11 to race seven horses in four states. Shares $1,500, no more to pay. Payment plan at up to five and a share. Call 03-527-49171 for a prospectus. Website, hancocks.com.au. Sports Report. First up this morning, big news for our national sport, cricket. Cricket? Sorry, but our national sport is not cricket. Yeah, it's Aussie rules. No, it's rugby league. No, cricket was played first. Soccer's played the most. No, probably played the best. Well, the world would argue it's swimming. We serve more than we swim. We ski almost as much. cricket. Sport is our sport, and it's all better on the tab app. Tab. We're on. You win some, you lose more. For free and confidential support, visit gamblinghelponline.org.au. Deliciously flaky pastry on top of bottom, which is rolled extra thin and a filling of 100% lean Aussie beef. Yes, Ray, I'm talking about Garlo's Pies. The only pies you should be putting on your plate. Garlo's Pies are simply bursting with flavour and there's heaps of flavours to choose from. Here's a thought. Take a night off from cooking. 
and grab a Galo's family pie for the whole crew. They're available in all Coles and Woolworths stores. And remember, we are located in the chilled meal section. If you can't find us, ask for Galo's pies by name. Galo's pies, they're thin on pastry, but they're big on meat. Talking all the overnight action. Is he away with the Premiership? Did she hang on? True. The Big Sports Breakfast Weekend. And welcome back to the show with Dino and Ray. We'll get Chris Johns on very shortly. A couple of people just asked us, Dino, what the odds were for the NRLW game and the state championships. So I'll call that up quickly here. Just repeating, Penrith for $1.62. Brisbane 2.30 head-to-head in the NRL Grand Final. In the women's Grand Final, Newcastle $1.50 faves. The Gold Coast at $2.60. And the NRL State Championships Clash, uh, which is at the one twenty game, do you know? Is that right? Correct. Yeah, the Souths, uh, the Bunnies are $1.20 favourites ahead of the Brisbane Tigers at $4.50. So they're the odds for the three games on this afternoon. And, of course, the, the women's grand final is going to be in the peak of the heat, so to speak, this afternoon, Dino. So the NRL have got some provisions to take a, a couple of additional uh, drinks breaks during the course of the game. So it's going to be tough conditions out there, Dino. Certainly will be. It'll be very, very steamy. Now, Tom from Macquarie Fields, right? Mm-hmm. Grand final trivia. I'll ask you. Yeah. You may have read this, though. I did, actually. This is yeah, about the three. Yeah, we'll like the quiz okay, all yeah. over again. <laughs> there have only been two rugby league players in the entire Australian competition that have played in three grand finals for three different teams and lost all three. Yeah. Uh, one of them was Phil Sigsworth. Correct. One of them was Christian Inu. Christian Inu, correct. I didn't see the answer. Inu played for Parramatta and the Warriors. I didn't know who the third club would have been. Uh, good question. The Bulldogs, perhaps? Uh, the Bulldogs? There's the answer, actually. No, it is. So Bulldogs, the Warriors, and Parramatta. And Sigsworth, obviously Newtown. Who was Sigsy would have played for? Sigsworth, it says here, uh, I think this is from Tom again, has the distinction of being the first player to play and participate in three grand finals for three different teams, all losing this to the same team. Parramatta. Newtown. Newtown, yeah. Canterbury. Can- yeah. Manly. Off. Oh, yeah, of course. I think Manly. in the Canterbury game, he might have been sent off. Actually, is that right? I think Siggy yeah. might have been given the, uh, you know what, off okay. the field. Okay, fair enough. That's that's extraordinary. Well, coming up next. No, no. Um, I'm not sure. Okay. We're told to hang on a bit. This couple, is couple, flying by the seat of our pants, right? Willow couple, from Windsor. What about? What about? Yeah, read Willow from Windsor. Willow from Windsor. Favourite grand final moment as a kid. Paul Osborne's opening 25 minutes ah. of the 94 grand final. He slipped the ball to David Ferner, who scores, and then Ozzy goes up the short side. That's it. Slips the ball to Kenny Nagus. He scores. The Raiders are two tries up, and they go on to give the Bulldogs a whack. We were messing each other last night. Well, I don't know who's more nervous, Willow or me. <laughs> we're both nervous. Each other. A couple of people chimed in about the New South Wales origin coach job. Is Eddie Jones going to be available? Eddie Jones. One person? Don from Brisbane says, Dean, left field idea. What about Michael Checker? He loves his rugby league. With a couple of experienced league men as assistants. Oh, I'd love to see Michael Checker get a gig in rugby league, Ray. I really would. But I think throwing him into origin first up would be even unfair on poor old Michael. Yeah, exactly. Now, we've, we've spoken a bit about the Canelo-Charlo fight this afternoon, which is just going to be a fascinating fight. But last night, Jai Opatai, did I pronounce that correctly? Opatai. He got back in the ring and had a comfortable win against his English opponent. Um, he's got a dynamic left hook, Jai Opatai. He is dangerous. He can seriously go a long, long way, this bloke. Yeah, he's a cruiserweight, Ray. Yes. Underrated. He is. Doesn't get a lot of publicity in Australia. He's had Probably a couple of injuries. Unfairly. Yeah. 
Uh, Tim Zhu tends to, because of his surname, mm. dominate the boxing headlines in Australia. Some may say that's fair or unfair, but certainly Jai Opatai is right up there in terms of uh, the best fighters at the cruiserweight level in the world. Exactly, yeah. Hey, um, Dino, our next guest has is a legend of the Brisbane Broncos team, played in a couple of premierships, Origin and for Australia. Chris Johns is on the line. Chris, good morning. Morning, boys. Thanks for days down there. You should see Brisbane. There's not a cloud in the sky. The sun's beaming. The Lions got beat yesterday. And Broncos today, eh? <laughs> hey, Johns, what's Brisbane like? I mean, is it is it really pumping up there? I mean, take us inside. Yeah. What's going on in the city? Hey, look, it's a ghost town. So it must be the calm before the storm. I think the um, I think everyone's getting ready for the barbecues and filling the eskies full of beer and. Getting the getting heating the barbie up and getting the meat ready. Well, funny funny uh, thing, Chris. Our talk topic today, apart from it's a double barrel one. One of them was a great grand final moments. The other part of the question was when is it an appropriate time to have your first beer? I tell you what, everyone. The the, the basic theme of this is there's no rules on grand final day. You just do your best. They're on the cans already down here, Johnsy. I call them my Mexican soldiers. Got my little Coronas. I've got them icing down. And they're getting ready to march. Well, this is going to be one of the one of the great grand finals. We saw a, a terrific grand final yesterday in the AFL. That that was one versus two. They were the two best teams all season. It's the same tonight in the NRL. The two best teams all season have come together for the decider, Penrith and the Broncos. How do you see this game unfolding, Chris? Oh, mate, I'm really nervous, you know, because I'm, you know, Kevy's probably one of my best mates, and I just really, really just hope he can pull it off. But this is going to be an, an enormous task. You know, this Penrith team is probably one of the greatest teams that I've ever seen, you know. Like to be to participate in four grand finals and, and be in a, in a position to, to maybe win three in a row in this day and age is just unheard of. And, you know, I was talking to a couple of mates the other day, and I said, if you put the Broncos team on the market at the moment, you know, you'd get more, there'd be more money. There's more superstars. There's more, more pay packet on the open market. But this team is probably one of the best teams we've seen in a long time. They play as a unit. They've been brought up as kids together. And they're going to be extremely difficult to beat. But mm. if anyone's got a chance, I think the Broncos have shown us this year, if they, if they arrive there on the, on the day with a little bit more desire than Penrith, I think we can get them. Johnsy, you've been around a long time. You've seen some of the best, and you've played alongside some of the best. But I look at Reese Walsh's speed over 30, 40 metres. Oh, gee, Johnsy, I can't think of too many players, if any, that are quicker than him. Mate, it's, it's not just speed. A lot of players have got speed. And sometimes players have got speed are the scaredest players because so they don't want to get caught. But this bloke's just got no fear. And when you mix yeah. no fear and speed, it's a dangerous Dangerous, dangerous, bloody uh, mixture, and uh, and this kid's got it. And, you know, um, you know, not many people have been like that in the past. You know, you look at Billy Slater, you know, Tedesco, all those great fullbacks. They they've got anticipation, they had great speed. They all just had no fear, and and, and I think he's in that category. And if, if the Broncos are digging up today, I think he's going to have to produce a few special moments. Yeah, it's going to be. A, it's just extraordinary that the Walsh Edwards, Dylan Edwards clash of the number ones, one of many matchups, which is so extraordinary. We talk about the Fords and the Fords battle, but what about the halves battle, Cleary and Luai against Reynolds and Mam? That that's again just a fascinating contest, Chris, because two very structured, measured, intelligent halfbacks between with alongside them number sixes, Luai and Mam, who just do the unpredictable. 
Yeah, you got Grandpa and the student for the Broncos, and you got two of the you know, two of the classiest bloody combinations we've seen in a long time. That you know, grown up together and done everything together. You know, and you know, you, the only thing I just have to question: I, I can't see how little like can be a hundred percent fit. And going into a grand final, if there's something that can be, you know, taken advantage of, I think you know, it, it may be a little question mark over a little eye there. Hey, Johnsy, we just had Brandy on the show, and I asked him about uh, Ivan Cleary, and he gave me a. Yeah, a bit of background on Ivan. You're great mates with Kev. Run us through the Kev Walters that we don't see when he fronts the cameras. Oh, mate, I think what you see is what you get. You know, he's just a. I wouldn't. You wouldn't meet a more loyal person than Kevin, and also you wouldn't meet a more person that's more committed than Kevin. You know, like he just he lives for football. Like, like Alfie and him growing up in Ipswich, you know, they just live for playing backyard footy, and that's how they played. The, their, their football on the field. They were just going there to have a good time and have a game of football and, 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 and be with their mates and, and, and try and win football games. And that's, that's what he's like as a coach and that's what he's like as a person. Mm. He's, you know, he's tremendously laid back and that sometimes gets people to question his, you know, his authenticity, you know, like, but because he's not as, as grumpy as Wayne Bennett or as calculated as, as, as um, Craig Bellamy or as, you know, as, as dominant as um, Trent Robinson. And yeah, you know, and, and now I suppose you have to start putting Cleary into that uh, mould of you know truly great coaches. Mm. But you know, Kevy deserves to be there. He's proven everyone wrong. You know, there's a lot of knockers even from within the walls of this club. You know, I don't think there was true 100 percent, you know, um, confidence in, in what Kevin's about. But I think this year has really shown everyone, and everyone to sit back and say, yes, Kevin Walters has arrived and should not be questioned. Yeah. Chris, I was talking about this with Dino earlier, and only three years ago, the Broncos won, um, yeah, won, won the wooden spoons, one that you don't want to win. But here they are in a grand final, and they can win this, obviously. But what um, Kevy has done, he's gone back to what... He's returned the Broncos to what works for them, their DNA, their culture. He's brought the legends back into the club. I've heard some of the past players speaking about Kevin in recent days and how he's just turned that club around, made the past legends welcome, brought that culture back into the club. Can can you comment on that, Chris? Yeah, mate, he's just wanted, he's made the place a place where everyone wants to be again. You know, we've gone through some hard years over the last few years. And what people don't forget is the last time the Broncos went to a grand final, was it 2006? Was it 2015? Kevy was instrumental in getting that team to that grand final. You know, the work he did with Wilford and, um, and, and Ben Hunt mm-hmm. and, and, and what he did from the, he was putting all their attack together. And I don't think you saw a team with a better attack than the, the Broncos that year. I mean, I know tremendously unlucky. They lost the grand final in the last 30 seconds. But, you know, he did so much work there to get them to that grand final. He's truly done an amazing apprenticeship. And now he's, 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 got, he's got a team to, to the big dance. And I think we're every chance. We're just going to need a little bit of luck. And everyone's got to make sure they turn up, making sure that they don't... Uh, Kevin made a comment this week. And I heard it loud and clear in the newspaper. He says he doesn't want any fuel left in the tank. Mm. You know? If they go out there with that mentality, don't leave any fuel in the tank. I'll go very, very close. Exactly. Hey, Chris, we all can't wait for this kickoff seven thirty tonight. It could be and should be and hopefully is one of the all-time great grand finals. Best of luck to your Broncos, and thanks so much for joining us on Grand Final Morning. All right, thanks for the invite, Dino. Thanks, Johnsy. Appreciate it. There's Chris Johns, and um, yeah, everyone just 
Can't wait for this game. It's going to go right down to the wire. Coming up next, Tanya with a sports update. On the Big Sports Breakfast Weekend, a sports update with Tanya Thomas. Penrith is favourite on tab at $1.62 to take out today's NRL Grand Final at Accor Stadium. Brisbane is at $2.30. The gates open at Accor at 1 o'clock. The State Championships Grand Final kickoff kicks off between South Sydney and the Brisbane Tigers at 1.20. The NRL W Grand Final, 3.55 between Newcastle and the Gold Coast, where provisions will be taken to accommodate the forecast heat, which is around 36 degrees, and the NRL Grand Final tonight at 7.30. Collingwood won the AFL Grand Final yesterday, defeating Brisbane by four points, 92-86. The game was high standard and edge-of-your-seat stuff, with the lead changing many times. The Magpies kicked the final two goals in the last five minutes and held on to the four-point lead with a minute and a half to go. Bobby Hill spent the morning of the game watching a replay of his idol, Cyril Rioli, win the Norm Smith medal in 2015. He then went out and did the same. Gay Waterhouse and Adrian Bott dominated Epsom Day at Randwick yesterday with four feature race wins, including two Group 1s, the Flight Stakes with Tropical Squall and the Metropolitan with Just Fine, ridden by Rachel King. For the first time in Australian racing history, two female jockeys won Group 1 races on the same program, with Cathy O'Hara winning the Epsom on Redina. Chris Waller trained the Epsom Quinella with Redina and stablemate Kovalika a very close second. The Sydney Kings put a poor performance in the NBL preseason behind them with a good win in the first game of the new NBL season. Their first game defeating Illawarra 96-81 in Wollongong last night. A nice way to celebrate Jordan Hunter's 100th NBL game. The reigning champs are going for the three-peat this season with a new coach, new players and a new system. Also last night, the New Zealand Breakers 98 beat the Cairns Taipans 87. At the Rugby World Cup overnight, still in the group stages, and Argentina 59 beat Chile 5. This morning, Scotland 84 thrashed Romania 0. Fiji were down 9-0 at halftime against Georgia, but fought back to win 17-12. Therefore, no bonus point, leaving the door oh so slightly ajar for Australia. The Wallabies need to beat Portugal tomorrow morning with a bonus point and then hope Fiji get beaten by Portugal in their final group match to advance. Europe dominated day two at the Ryder Cup golf in Rome, leading by five points at the end of the day's play, ten and a half to five and a half. Europe won the morning's alternate shot foursomes 3-1 to extend their lead nine and a half to two and a half. And then the US won the afternoon session also 3-1 when Patrick Cantlay won the last two holes against Rory McIlroy and Matt Fitzpatrick. Heading into the final day's 12 singles matches, that's tonight our time. No team has ever come back from five down to win. Europe need a total of 14.5 for the victory and the US 14 to retain the cup. Manchester City has suffered its first defeat of the EPL season going down 2-1 to Wolves. While Tottenham defeated a nine-man Liverpool 2-1, the Reds lost two players to red cards. The game was level until the 96th minute when Joel Matip turned a Spurs cross into his own net. Aston Villa 6 Thrashed Brighton 1, Bournemouth 0, Arsenal 4, Man U 0, Crystal Palace 1, Newcastle 2 0 over Burnley and West Ham 2 0 over Sheffield United. And Luton had its first ever Premier League win 2 1 away against Everton at Goodison Park. 
Aussie Jack Miller will start from third on the grid for the Japanese MotoGP this afternoon. Jorge Martin has pole. And a big-time fight in Las Vegas today between Canelo Alvarez and Jamel Charlo for the undisputed super middleweight title. It's the only time two boxers have fought where both hold all four titles in their respective weight divisions. Now, the Ryder Cup, some crazy scenes over the last two days there, boys. The crowds have been huge and vocal, or as vocal as you can be at the golf. And it's safe to say there is certainly no love lost between the two teams, Mm. the U.S. and Europe. Bit of friction there, Tan. Bit of friction. And you're wondering why the U.S. started off so bad, six and a half to one and a half after the first day. They lost the first session 4-0. Well, U.S. Captain Zach Johnson came out and said that there was an illness that spread through the team. We're fighting things internally. I know that worries you. That's your too worst much nightmare, isn't it? Too That's your worst nightmare. That poor guy in the plane the other day. <laughs> <laughs> We're fighting things internally. It kind of passed around a little bit. Caddies and players, we have signs of things that are unfortunate in the sense of health. Energy is low. I'm grateful we have a team doctor. Too much info. So <laughs> maybe that's why they started off a bit slow. Meanwhile, across to today or overnight last night, there were ugly scenes in the car park after day two. Rory McIlroy confronted Patrick Cantlay's caddy, Joe LaCarva, and gave him an absolute mouthful in the car park. It goes back to the 18th green when Cantlay hit a 30-foot birdie putt and both he and Joe were celebrating, jumping up and down, waving their hat around while Rory was trying to line up his putt. Ah, okay. um, yeah, he wasn't happy, so, you know, yeah. needless to say, and then took his frustrations out on the caddy in the car park. The European captain said, um, Luke Donald said, he politely asked Joe to move aside. He was in the line of vision. He stood there, but he didn't move for a while and continued to wave his hat, so I think Rory was a bit upset. Mm. But then the US captain, uh, Zach Johnson, said, a celebration is a celebration. With a big putt like that on the 18th at the Ryder Cup, I think he had every right to celebrate in your team. That's exactly what I saw. Wow. Where yeah. Justin Rose and Shane Lowry for the European team were incensed and they approached LaCarva on the green at the time and asked him to move to get him away. And they then don't said, like each other, these two teams. No. At all. Um, the rest of the American team also celebrated the birdie waving their caps in the air, which is a reference to the fact that um, Patrick has not worn a cap yeah. all week, which you were mentioning mm. before. Um, did you mention earlier why? Only, only some pay thing. Yeah, it's or? understood that he refuse, he's refusing to wear his cap because he's not getting paid to play in the competition. Um, and all the crowds, the European crowds, obviously, they're going for the European side, are doing the same thing to kind of spur him along, which sounds ridiculous and, yeah. and, and pathetic. But um, in the post-round news conference, he addressed it by saying it just doesn't fit. It's as simple as that. The hat doesn't. Yeah. So you think? <laughs> would you think they'd have some spares out oh, the back somewhere? If his course. hat doesn't fit, they'd find one for him. Of course him. they would. Yeah. So, yeah. 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 So he's that. Yeah. It's a bit. Yeah. You know, the money that they earn anyway. Um, and just lastly, the stress is getting to them when Scotty Scheffler was caught on Sky Sports Vision overnight, actually crying. Just really? sitting at it, yeah. The, he's, the, he's the current world number yeah. one, and he partnered with Brooks Kepka against Ludwig Aberg and Victor Hovland, and they lost nine and seven. Yeah. What, hammering. The what, biggest ever. Yeah, seen. it's the largest margin of a defeat in a Ryder Cup history. Yeah. He was absolutely crushed. So. He had a little well, cry. It means a lot to both it sides does. because you can see the friction in it. That's the right. The crowd involvement's fantastic. And it? our esteemed leader, Kevin Wolfe, who's coming up after the show, he said he sat up the other night till 2.30 to watch it. And he it's says it's great, great theatre. It is incredible. And that's a very yeah. good way to sum it up. Yeah, yeah. terrific. Tan, who wins tonight? I think Penrith will win. 
only because because um, I think Ivan knows what it's like. I know to be, to to train a grand final team. Mm. He knows how to do it. The players know. I think the fact that the a lot of the Brisbane players have never played. A, a final or at a, a final oh, cool. or at a core yeah, stadium. I know it might be something little, mm. but I think that will be the difference because the two teams are very, very lo- much aligned. It's going to be a great game. Yeah. When did Okay to have the first beer? Oh, what I don't know won't hurt me, will I? Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Gave you a life. Exactly. Coming up next, Phil Buzz Rothfield. Skipped breakfast, laughed at this text. Could Eddie Jones get the New South Wales job? <laughs> well, Loz has ruled himself out. Well, yes, but, well hang on. Yeah. I know I know heard what he yeah. said, but I also know this about him. If they come knocking hard enough, he's not going to apply for the job. Respect, nor should he. He's earned the right to not reply. If they knock hard enough, mate, I reckon that door is still a tiny bit ajar. And yes, I'm speaking for you. The Big Sports Breakfast, weekdays from 5.30 on Sky Sports Radio and Radio Tab. G'day, it's Sean Garlic here from Garlow's Pies. The best thing about our pies is the deliciously flaky pastry on top, a bottom which is rolled extra thin, and a filling which is bursting with flavour. Plenty of flavours to choose from, like lean beef, curry beef, sausage rolls. We even have junior pies that you can give to the whole family. Find us in the Coles and Woolworths chilled meals section. If you can't find us, ask for us by name. Garlow's Pies, we're thin on pastry, we're big on meat. The Australian Women's Health Diary, packed with expert health advice, important to every woman. Plus, every diary sold supports breast cancer research. Just $19.99 from newsagents, Woolworths and participating post offices and online at womenshealthdiary.com.au. for the most exciting two minutes in sports. The very best of U.S. racing seven days a week. Looking at Lee, can't catch always dreaming, who's the 143rd winner of the Kentucky Derby. Live and exclusive across the Sky Racing Network. At Drummond Golf, we understand your passion. Nice roll. And that's because every Drummond Golf store is owned and run by a local who loves the game as much as you do. Yeah, it's come off the face really well. Someone who knows where you play and what you need. Oh, yeah. Looking good. With Australia's biggest range and expert knowledge. Great. Now let's try that putter with this grip. So if you want to improve your game, see your local expert at Drummond Golf. What a game of football. And they will defend their title on grand final day. The Knights are through to the decider. On Sky Sports Radio and Radio Tab, this is the Big Sports Breakfast Weekend. Welcome back to the show. And our next guest is about to line up for his 45th grand final. Phil Buzz, Rothfield, good morning. You pumped, mate? Oh, mate, I'm so pumped, Ryan. You talk about 45 grand finals. Mm. I even remember as a kid in the sort of mid-teens. You know I used to sleep out the front of the Sydney Cricket Ground on grand final night? Be first in. Yeah, you, <laughs> mate, back then there were no, you know, you couldn't, there was no ticket tech, you couldn't buy your tickets, there were no um, debit cards or credit cards, so you had your cash in your pocket. You'd sleep out, there were probably two, three hundred fans, and wow. then you'd, you you just wanted to be first in. You wanted to get the best vantage point. You'd sneak a bit of grog in, you know. And what was your first grand um, final buzz? Very, oh, first, very mate, first one. Yeah. I think it was seventy three. Manly yeah, Cronulla. Okay. Yeah. Man- yeah, yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. Manly Cronulla seventy three. Mm-hmm. Uh, but mate, just that was the only way you could 
you know, be guaranteed. A, there were no corporate suites back in those days. Correct. It was, um, it was, we used to, they used to drink, you know, cans of KB on the hill there. Yep. Geez, I reckon you would have been a handful back in those days, Buzz. Eh? <laughs> I say, judging by you today, you would have been a handful back in those days. Yeah, it was, it was <laughs> we weren't, <laughs> I, I can remember those nights, you you'd sleep out the front and there was nothing like the weather it's going to be today. It was cold. And, Freezing cold. You know, people had sleeping bags. It was such good atmosphere, you know, trying to get in there with the first couple of hundred people. Who wins and why, Buzz? Oh, look, I think Penrith's are going to win, Dog, but look, I, I don't say it with any great confidence. The reasons are they've had the best defence all year, right? And I also, it, it's an old school and a, it, it's a cliche that you have to play in a grand final, probably lose one before you, and it, this happened to Penrith, what, four years ago? Mm-hmm. And they have just got the experience on this big day to get the job done. There won't be an issue with nerves. There won't be an issue all week. Well, there hasn't been an issue all week with their preparation. They know how to handle a crowd of, what, 85,000 on the biggest stage in rugby league. And, look, there is some experience in that Bronco side. A lot of the boys have played for Australia and, and, and they've played state of origin football. But you're just at a game where two teams are so closely matched, you look for a little one percenters and grand final experience might even be worth a little more than the one percent. Mm. Uh, hey, Buzz, did you watch the AFL grand final yesterday? Because that was, I saw a fair yeah. bit of it. I haven't watched the whole game in total yet, but obviously one of the, the classics. And that was one versus two. I said this to the boys earlier. The, um, the NRL, it's the top two teams playing. This has all the ingredients of being a similar cliffhanger. Yeah, it does, mate. It's um, I watched the AFL yesterday. It was a magnificent game of footy, wasn't it? It really was. And the atmosphere at the MCG is very hard to beat. But we'll match that tonight. Yep. It is going to be a colossal struggle between two sides who were so clearly the best sides in the competition this year, weren't they? They were even so far ahead of Melbourne Storm and the Warriors who finished third and fourth. Mm. They were so far ahead of those two teams. And the Broncos are the only side that could probably get anywhere near Penrith tonight. I I really think that. um, While I'm tipping Penrith, you look at that middle, those three middle forwards, you look at Flegler, you look at Payne Haas, and Patrick Carrigan, they are so tough, so uncompromising, so so consistent. They work hard. They they hit hard. They can offload. Um, Brisbane had all those. You know, it's going to be, you know, it's really, I, I reckon it's nearly an even money game. Mm. I really do. It's yeah. so hard to predict. Buzz, who's Penrith's greatest ever player? And I'll throw you on the spot. And then ask you, who you think the Broncos' greatest player is? Oh wow, wow! Um, I ask you about Penrith because I wrote my top twenty in the Telegraph during the week. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and yeah. I put Cleary at one, uh, Brandy two, Freddie three. I just wanted to know yeah. whether you agree with I, that. Yeah, I'll tell you a little story about Brandy Alexander. I watched his very, very first trial game. He was seventeen years of age. 
and Penrith were playing a team at St Mary's. I forget who it was. And he was as nervous as a kitten. But you could tell that day, at 17 years of age, playing a first-grade trial before the season started, Timmy Sheens was coaching them, that he was out of the box player. He was going to be really, really special. And, mate, he went on to become, you know, their best player. Um, and that's even a big statement of a guy like Brad Fittler there. But having seen what Nathan Cleary has achieved, I've been leading a conversation in recent times that he needs at some stage to go into the same conversation as the eighth immortal Andrew Johns, as um, all the all the great halfbacks, Jonathan Thurston, and because he's achieved more than those guys have at the same age. Cooper Cronk was on TV the other night and said, Cooper Cronk won four grand finals. He says, better play than me at that mm. same age. Mm. So, Dog, to answer your question, it's take me a long time to get to the answer, but I, I wouldn't put Nathan Cleary on top right now. Mm. Fair uh, enough. On that theme, Buzz, um, one of the Collingwood players prepared for the grand final uh, yesterday by going to the races on Friday night, which raised the eye of his coach a little, Craig McRae, but it all worked out okay in the end. But Nathan Cleary, his preparation is second to none. He did something during the week that you've written about in your column today, which I think just that, that just it underlines what lengths he goes to to try and tick every box. Yeah, you, you know how busy players are grand final week. They've got so many functions, fan days, training sessions, media commitments. It's a real frenzy, you know, and you... It's one of the reasons I like them to think they can win today because they can deal with this sort of thing. But anyway, they got they were given the afternoon off. So Nathan Cleary brings his uh, goal-kicking coach, uh, Darryl, the great Daryl Radar Halligan, and says, mate, we're going to Acor. So he, 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 didn't, he could have gone and had a game of golf with his mates or just gone home and chilled, but mm. he just wanted to hone those skills and... It's a fascinating duel. Don't worry about their attack, their defence. Cleary versus Reynolds in outstanding form. Mm. Reynolds has kicked 11 out of 11 in the finals. Cleary's kicked 12 out of 13. Reynolds knows every blade of grass, every, you know, wind direction or where it swirls. Um, and you know what? It's going to be that tight. I would not at all be surprised if this game was decided by um, either their kicking. Buzz, just ducking away from the grand final momentarily, what did you make of Freddie's decision to quit? And is there a street corner tip you might give us as to who you think may be his replacement? Yeah, I heard you talk about this um, earlier, Dog, and some... Really good points for race. Look, I wrote an open letter in the paper after we, even after we won Origin Three, and it was basically, you know, calling on Freddie to stand down. And I said on three sixty during the week, it was a really difficult column to write because the Blues have never ever had a better ambassador, and the work he does away from coaching is just outstanding. The charities, the schools, the junior clinics, the Hogs for the Homeless, bike rides, etc. But at this elite level, Origin is all about winning. And the other thing is, costs in bush football and in rugby league across the board are really, really tight. 
at the moment. And the New South Wales Rugby League made what I thought was a pretty fair decision that why are we employing someone on 450000 12 months of the year for a six-week tournament? So I didn't have a problem with them cutting the roll back to, um, what, three or four months, starting March, and put the money they saved, several hundred thousand, into bush footy. I didn't have a problem with that. Um, so Freddie's gone, and we all, you know, owe him a debt of gratitude for everything he's done for the state. The replacement, sorry to be long-winded. I'm a Ricky Stewart fan, but I totally agree with you. They're two from seven going to origin. It's massive pressure. He's got Madge Maguire there to take over. But, you know, if we go with a club coach, the best... I think no one beats Ricky. No one does. I'd like to see him do it with Michael Ennis, Paul Gallen, people like that. If we're to go away from a club coach, I would love to see Laurie Daly have another crack. Loz coached against the greatest Queensland sides we've ever, ever seen. Mm. And he, what year did he win, Bulldog? 2014? 14. Was it? Yeah, 2014. And that was an impossible win. And uh, I, I think he could come back and do a great job. But number one choice, Ricky. Number two, Loz, if we go that way. And just finally, Buzz, in your column, what's the buzz in today's Sunday telly? You've written about the Dragons, uh, <laughs> which is an interesting story about what the bookies have uh, installed the Joint Venture Club uh, in terms of odds for next season's premiership. Wait, they don't like your man planner, by the sound of it. <laughs> yeah, what, what odds are they, Buzz? Well, they given me the odds for the premiership, which has the Dragons, the Outsiders... The TAB, this is, at $67. They got the West Tigers who won the last two uh, wooden spoons at $52. So when the market comes out, um, the Dragons are going to be favourites to win the wooden spoon. So it would be very interesting. How was Flano when you told him that? I haven't told him that. <laughs> That's probably very wise. Um, yeah, he can... Uh, he, he can, can read about it. Yeah, I'm sure you know he loves this column, of don't course. you? <laughs> hey, Buzz. Hey, six o'clock. Sorry, Ray, you go. Yeah, I was going to say, how was my co host at Dally M's on Wednesday night? Did he behave himself? Your co host? Mm. I don't think he even turned up, did you, Bulldog? Didn't you go? No, I was going to go, but I was just a tad unwell, and I thought, I don't oh, want you to. You tad uh, unwell? I was a bit unwell so on Wednesday. Radio the next morning? It was a 24 hour bug. <laughs> <laughs> that stop after Steve, 12. He wasn't expecting that question, right? <laughs> so, yeah. I thought you said you were How mate, was it, mate? Not, mate, it was a terrific night. I, um, I, I really, really enjoyed it. The excitement at the end was, well, was gripping, wasn't it, as yeah. we came down to those, those last couple of rounds. I do think, though, that the girls, the NRLW competition needs its own award. I think the players, the female players, want to play for a Tasha Gale medal um, or another icon of the women's game rather than the Dally M Award. Mm. And it, it is difficult when you're trying to do justice to both the men's and women, women's game on the same night. Yeah. Heard Zorba talk about that too. But overall, it was a terrific night, mate. Fantastic. Well, just finally, Buzz, um, you'll be out there again tonight. Oh, will you, Buzz? What the... time are you getting there? Um, I'm actually doing this one from the office. Oh, I didn't ex- oh, you didn't expect that question, did you? 
Well, I like to help the boys. I You're on like fire, right? No, I, 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 you can see as much on television. You're writing a column. You don't need to be at press conference. I help Bowie and all the boys with a bit of production work. And, if you're not there, you yeah. can. This is a covered grand Jack of all trades, buzzers. And my man, my man, our great sport said that Jimmy Silver is making a hummingbird cake to have after our right. program. So. Okay. There you exactly. Go. Yeah, yeah. And you're, you're with the Panthers, Buzz. Yeah, I am, mate. Yeah, but it'll be tight. It'll go down the wire. It'll be a difficult one to file because yep. you've got to hit the button right on full time. And it, it, look, it could even go to extra time this game. It could, I can. Clive Churchill medal winner? Clive Churchill medal winner. I'll go with the favourite. I'll go with Cleary. You can't say he's Johns and Thurston without tipping him to win a Churchill medal. Fair enough. Hey, Buzz, enjoy grand final day and night. Long night for you and Dino, I know, work-wise. But enjoy yeah. it, mate. And we'll review it again next Sunday. On your fellas. See Enjoy you Jimmy's cake. There's Phil Buzz Rothford. You are going to the ground tonight. I'll be you? there. <laughs> okay. I'll be there. And just finally, you're with the Broncos. Mate. I'm going to have Broncos. And I think it'll be a thriller. It'll be late uh, in terms of who uh, secures supremacy, but I'm thinking it might be a 24-22. Okay. And Clive Churchill was Reynolds, was it? Adam Reynolds. Okay. You know we're in massive trouble. We've gone way over and the boss, act, the boss actually is on next, Kevin Wolfe. Well, quick. So coming up on Racing HQ, it's one of the good guys of radio, Kevin Wolf. Quick, say something nice, Dino. We're in all sorts of trouble here. Graham White will preview Cootamundra Cup Day and Gary Cleesey will look at Balno. They're both the best in the business. I'll find plenty of winners for you. The Big Sports Breakfast is back Tuesday morning at 5.30. I'm back on tomorrow morning with a preview for Warwick Farm. Uh, Luke Marlowe will host Racing HQ from 6.30 tomorrow morning. If you would like to revisit any of today's show or interviews, go to Spotify or the podcast icon on your iPhone or Android. Dino, what time are you heading out? Ray, I'll head out there about 5-ish. You enjoy your day. I know you love your Panthers. For them, I'll give them a bit of a cheer. Uh, Enjoy having a beer. And may the best team win. Let's hope the ref doesn't decide it. And I think it'll be a ripping night for rugby league. Beautifully said. For everyone who's listened over the last three hours and five minutes, we have gone late. Thank you so much. Enjoy Grand Final Day. Enjoy the Grand Final tonight. Enjoy your Sunday, everybody. And enjoy your sport.